All right, man. Yeah. So first, I wanted to say thanks for coming on here. I, I, it's been I haven't seen you forever, and it's good to see you. Um, but also thanks for um, you know taking the time out to to come on here and and talk to me about the reason, the main reason. Obviously, you know we're friends, and you know we go way back. But also, your career is like a unique career. Like you've like you're not a typical um, Air Force guy for sure because you started out as an Army guy. So yeah. that's and that's a there's only there's been a few of the few tech bees that have been that way. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, not, there's not many, you know, like Tavis Delaney, I think, did it. And yeah, um, that's uh, JJ Little, I think, is another guy that did it. And there's another guy, in, man. There's oh, a in Hawaii right now um, who I, was a like Delaney was another regiment guy. Um, yeah, he was like a platoon sergeant, but yeah, I, I never met him, just know of him. Yeah, so that's a so it, that's a unique kind of a career. So I, I I'm, we're I think it'd be, I think people find it interesting to kind of hear your story. So, um, kind of what I've been doing is like, guys will just, uh, you know, start from the beginning on what got them into the military and then go from there, like as far as their career progression. Um, and then we can kind of come back and hit on some big stuff. I mean, I know you and I were both in Rhino and, um, yeah. did some time in Afghanistan. So, um, uh, I'd love to hear your take on it as well as what happened after, you know, I, after I left ACO and yeah. you, you, I mean, you, I just real quick. When I first got to ACO, I don't know when, when did you first get to the range. When did you? First uh, I went to RIP uh, January nine. Uh, yeah, January ninety seven. I was like a RIP holdover um, for like the holiday break in ninety uh, December ninety six, and then went to RIP uh, like right after New Year's January ninety seven. Got to third battalion off company like last week of January. Okay, because I, I got there in um, at the like October 97. So you had yeah. just like, when I met you, you had just, you were brand new as well. So we were kind of oh, going through the whole thing at, at the same time. So yeah. anyway, so start us off, go like, what made you want to be, you know, what made you want to join? Oh, well, and you can even talk about your dad. I mean, as far as like maybe that having an influence him being a Navy SEAL, um, you know, just go, just tell us what uh, kind of got you the mode of wanting to join the military and then just go from there. Yeah. Um, so, well, like, thank you, man. Like, uh, a lot of accolades, uh, but like everybody you've had on this podcast, like I've listened to every episode. I'm I'm a fanboy. I say that right now. Oh, like, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, so I just I'm, uh, I'm the same way. I'm like I I love hearing these stories. I think it's so fascinating. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I feel like like everybody you had on is like obviously regiment affiliated because it, it's what we know. And like obviously, but the career field's huge, and there's such awesome people in there too. But like. Everybody you've had on, I like, I feel like I'm the, even though I went through a rip and <laughs> was like in regional, I feel like I was, I'm the least qualified ranger so far. This is my podcast. <laughs> you've, you've had absolute legends on your man. So I just want to say that right off the bat. Um, so uh, I joined the army in 1996. Yeah. My, yeah. I grew up in Navy, right? You know, um, my old man was uh, started out in the UDT teams. Uh, I went through buds and like uh, East coast when they still had an East coast uh, buds class. Um, but just quick overview, yeah. But dad was Navy, it, so that military bring uh, upbringing transformed me a little bit. Um, I had no plans to join the military going through high school until I screwed up pretty bad in high school, and I was like, <laughs> I better do something to <laughs> right this ship. And then, uh, so I joined the army, uh, went, went and saw a recruiter, had no idea, like, uh, uh I kind of had an idea about Rangers, um, and we can go to that too, but like, ended up joining the army, was in, um, delayed entry program for like a year some like the summer before my senior high school 
uh, all through high, my senior high school. And then like a month after I graduated, I was in basic at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. I was in basic there for eight weeks, went to AIT as a uh, 13 for 13 Fox out in um, Fort Observer out in uh, Fort Sill, Oklahoma, Lawton. Uh, I was there for what was another, I forget how long it was, maybe 13 weeks. Wasn't, yeah. Um, and after that, went to jump school. Um, and then again, finished jump school. Rip Cadre picked us up. Uh, jump school ran back to the old Rip Barracks from jump school up the hill. And Wait, then, so how uh, does that work? Like, how'd that work for you? I know a lot of guys come in with like the, the contract to go to the Rangers. Is that what yeah? You so I, I actually, I, yeah, I was lucky. Like I said, uh, I know nowadays it's called option 40. Um, it may have been back then. Probably not. Um, okay. I decided, I, I, no, you know what it was? It was just called a rip contract. That's all it was. You were just okay. guaranteed to go rip. Um, so I had a rip contract. Um, just, I signed up, um, like I said, talked to armored recruiter. He had no idea what the regiment was. Um, like he, would, yeah. he wouldn't know. Yeah. That's weird. Was, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I go and say, you know, I, I, like to join um, the Rangers. I don't know what job I'm available before. Uh, he said, cool. Well, there's all these slots open for the 13 Fox. I was like, cool. What's that? He goes, oh, it's a Ford Observer. And he showed me a video of like, like put the VHS tape in because it was 1995, 96. Right. <laughs> and we were watching like guys run out of tracks and like run into an open field. And I was like, okay, that was cool. He goes, yeah, it sounds like, uh, you know, if you got a Ranger contract too, you'd be even more forward. And I was like, cool. Uh, do that. Um, and that, and that's all I knew. And then like later on, um, like my actual knowledge of regiment prior to joining was like, the, I don't know if you remember, you were in the military then, like there was in Florida phase, like I think it was in 95, they had like those three or four deaths, uh, in, uh, in Florida phase. Oh, yeah, yeah. Class. Yep. And so for some reason I was just reading the paper, um, that they had a big story on it. Um, and that just, plant the little seed in the back of my mind even though that was like ranger school specific i didn't know the difference between right, right. Ranger school and regiment so that planted the seed and you know that the lord of the rangers started uh you know growing from there but yeah man, so i had a rip contract graduated um airborne they ran us up to the rip barracks uh we were in a holdover for the holidays so they we were just on detail uh mm -hmm. they're getting pt'd or painting walls for like three weeks is more PT. Wait, so they took you right for. They're like, here's your, here's your jump wings. All right, yep. warm up. Let's run yep. over here to. Yeah. Uh, they, well, we had enough time to out process. Yeah, yeah. yeah, had enough time to out process. Grab our mineral folders, uh, with everything, and then two duffel bags, <laughs> and they wouldn't let us throw them on the truck. So we had to carry a duffel bag. You know, carry. Yeah, run with them up to uh, <laughs> up sightseeing road. Uh, oh, so, yeah. Geez. So that was fun. Uh, yeah, man. Then we were holed over for, like I said, um, through. Christmas break, they let us go and leave, um, and then came back and went right in the rip. Graduated rip, got assigned to Alf Company, uh, Third Ranger Battalion. Uh, where uh, you know, more uh, at the time, shoot man, he was an E5, so Sergeant Morris was a uh, he was actually my first FO, you know, I you, you know, when you get there, you're an FO RTO. Um, Sergeant Finney was the uh, FSNCO, uh, Mitch was another platoon FO, um. Yeah, and then, you know, 375 for since January 97 to the end of 03, and then went from there to a uh, joint gig down at uh, Eggland Air Force Base while I was still in the Army. Oh, that was pretty right. cool. Yeah. yeah. And then there. Um, who you, yeah, who were you down there with? A couple of tech, some tech P's. Like, oh, well, so active duty tech P's um, that I met down there. Um, and I worked with Holbrook, Chuck. Oh, yeah. Chuck Holbrook. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I went TDI with him a lot down there. I got to know him really well. 
Um, it's, yeah, when I left there and started joining the Air Force, uh, met him off and on, but, uh, you know, like off and on between training and stuff like that. But when I heard about the accident, man, I was just devastated. Yeah, such that was a, horrible. Such a good dude. Yeah. Um, so he was active tech be there. Um, James Rigney, Jim Rigney. He was, uh, active detect be there. He was, uh, he was a mainly conventional side guy. Um, but like the retired contract or retired tech B that were working contracts is there was like Dennis Wise, yeah. um, Mike Gallagher, um, Bob Taylor. Um, he was, uh, he had the incident on Fort Sill where they, uh, oh, where really? the impact was on the OP. He was oh, part okay. of it. Yeah. So he had a lot of good stories. He's just a good dude. Ron Spock. Uh, oh, yeah. Spock. Yeah. Chief Tim Finn. Chief um, Finn, right? Right. Yep. And that's, um, that, those, that, is, that was like, there was an older crew, but they, yeah. those are like, they're they were like the awesome. godfathers of the career field. Like, those, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. I was so, so fortunate to run into them and work with them. Really, I say work with them, learn from them because it was, right. it was, yeah. A wealth of knowledge, you know. Just yeah. yeah Cause like knowing that uh, generation of TACB, and like I mentioned, like I all I knew of TACPs was you guys at the 17th uh, and going in there. So I was like, can't be that big a career fellow. Outside of Dennis, um, Dennis knew you, I think, in, from Korea. Oh, yeah. Dennis and I were in Korea together. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dennis, uh, he was much older. Like he, he was yeah, like yeah, a yeah. very, he's a mentor, right? One of the, uh, there's a, a handful of guys that were like instrumental in my yeah. upbringing. And he That's was awesome. one of them, man. Just a great dude. Awesome. Yeah, guy. just the humble, humble man. Um, yeah. man, one of the like the, the real OGs, uh, Morris Larkins, Mo Larkins. Um, okay, he was like a Vietnam era guy. Um, worked there too. So, like I said, just a whole other generation attack. Me, I was like just absolutely privileged to be um uh, around sure. um at JFIT, and then yeah, so I was there. I worked there as active duty army, and then actually got yeah, separated from the army while I was there. And for like six months, I was working construction down in Destin. Okay. Uh, and then I uh, got hired on to JFIT as a contractor. Oh, okay. And I was doing that for a few years. Um, my family and I moved uh, from England. My wife, um, ex-wife, first wife. Uh, okay. At the time, she was uh, over at Herbie. And then we moved to Bragg uh, together. She got a job at Bragg. Um, then, you know, things happened. We got divorced. Uh, and then I decided to try and go back in. Um, I actually tried to go back in the army first, but when I talked to recruiter, he was like, uh, dude, you have to come back like month to month just to see what's open. Um, really? so I was like, Oh, I'm not going to chance that honestly, just what am I doing month to month? So I started talking to our, our air force recruiter and he was, you, wait, so real quick, you, so you yeah. retired or you got out of the army as an E7. Yeah. yeah so I got out of the C7. Yeah. 10 okay. and a half. Uh, yeah. Did about 10 and a half years total, um, in the army between regiment and that, uh, joint gig. And then, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, got divorced, had that separation service. Uh, the process took a while, but finally ended up joining the Air Force. Um, January 2011, um, went to, they just started that Tech B Prep Schoolhouse in yep. Lackland. And then did that, went over to Herbie for the schoolhouse. And then from there, went to uh, back to Fort Bragg uh, to the 14th. So I got there in nice. late May, early June 2011. Was there until about uh, June of 2017, um, and then went to Korea the 604th for a year. Okay. Then after that, went to Fort Riley, uh, the 10th Day Sauce, and retired out of there. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's such a like I said in the beginning, it's such an, uh, a diverse career. You know, you just like yeah. you were, you know, you started soft in the army, 
and then you were you had the opportunity to work conventional in the in the mm -hmm. Air Force. But then you went to the 14, so it's kind of like those are they're airborne. You know, they're not exactly soft, but they're kind of high. They're a little yeah. more higher speed, a little more higher tempo. Um, and then Korea is always. Fun. I mean, were you married when you went to Korea? Or were you single? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I remarried in 2016. Um, okay. So well, yeah, and my yeah uh, wife. We just had our son just turned. He was about you know no, he was about six months when I went to Korea. So okay, so let's go back to. Um, Let's go back to regiment. Let's talk about when you're yeah. still in the army. Yeah. Um, at, like I said, that's when you and I first met. We were yeah. essentially, I was like a, I think I was an E4 at the time, but essentially we were both newbies in regiment. Yeah. I, we had, I had no idea what to expect. Uh, and, um, and like you mentioned some great dudes, like, you know, Mo was there, Steve Morris, uh, uh, Mitch Emery, you know, yeah. just awesome guys and who went on to do like great things and like higher, the highest yeah. levels of the army, oh, yeah. you know, like national level assets. Um, uh, which is that's very fortunate we had the opportunity to work with those guys. But then you yourself, you know, you you also did those things. I mean, you were also you you started off. I, I remember we used to because I was like younger. So you and I and Mitch and everybody, we all we were all kind of younger guys. So we'd all commiserate about, you know, this and that. Yeah. And then I was really happy to hear that you um, like kind of surpassed that uh, spec for mafia and went <laughs> to the higher levels, you know, started being like. Yeah. A regiment guy you know what i mean like yeah, a, yeah. yeah so i was really happy to hear that um because i knew because i mean and that's what i loved about aco too i don't know how the other companies were probably the same because we all had good jtacs there as well but every time we would go out to the field uh it was like you, i wouldn't even have to do anything because it, it was you guys were so good at even doing all you know it the way fire support and it's kind of like the way it is now with jtacs in, in regiment but back then with the, you guys didn't have the jtac status so I was like the only yeah, JTAC, but you guys, but I would trust anybody in that team to do the JTAC mission because just how awesome you were. And Mo was like adamant about teaching us everything. And I don't think Finney was there when I got there. I think Finney had moved to. Um, yeah, he moved up to, I think he was up at Baton, yeah. Yeah. Him yeah. and uh, who was that guy? Who uh, was uh, Wood, it's our first class of Wood. Jean Yves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. Jean Yves Wood, I think is the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget, but yeah. He was a little intimidating at first. Yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah, he was a Grenada guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But not a blast, man. You guys were all like so scored away as far as like you know fire support and everything. So it was really easy being you know we all kind of worked together. We kind of like y'all kind of meshed. Um, but yeah, um, so let's talk about let's just fast forward to um, like 2001 when we yeah. ended up going over. Tell talk me through when we first you know were tasked to go afghanistan and yeah. then kind of your experience how you saw it and that kind of thing maybe i can chime in because we were right there together we were shoulder yeah. to shoulder the whole whole time so yeah um yeah go ahead yeah no i mean uh yeah I mean, everybody's got a story about how it happened and how they found out um I, it, it's really no different um we so i know for the planning phase we initially went right back up to, we went right up to four brag um to start playing went to the atf um did some planning and then came back down to third battalion um and then did some more planning specifically for the jump um mm -hmm. i remember sitting in uh uh the briefing room over in battalion headquarters and we were talking we were looking at rhino imagery and everything like that and i remember uh some first size gargana talking about them you know the makeup of the building you know is it concrete what type of uh materials they use to build that i was like oh yeah i'm so in awe of his just the way he thinks, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, and I still, I, I, I just remember that. Cause I was like, man, this dude is, he's yeah. It's like, that makes sense. Why would he ask that? Cause that makes sense. Right. Uh, exactly. 
Uh, so yeah, we did more planning, um, and then uh, yeah. Uh, Wait, so real quick, so just to, mm -hmm. to cage this, Sergeant G was the platoon sergeant, or was he the yes. A? Was he? he no, was he was a uh, third, he was third platoon, platoon sergeant, the one that third we did jump okay. with. Yep, yep. And you were the um, you were the uh, at the Yeah, I just became the Alpha Company F Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't no, want to engage it. Kind of like they were like, "Well, was he going to, to do the planning?" So you were the man at the time. Like you were. the Yes. Guy. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Unfortunately, our FSO uh, got in trouble like prior to, so we didn't have yeah. an FSO. Um. Still, still a good dude. I'm still in touch with him. Like for sure, hundred yeah. percent. And I think I don't even know what I don't. I don't even know all the details of that circumstance, but it, I was like, ah, that sucks because he was a really good guy yeah he, is he really was guy. yeah yeah absolutely was really he's a great family man now um yeah he's doing he's doing great things um but yeah so unfortunately he wasn't in regiment anymore um so you know we deployed the uh off you know we went didn't go right into um afghanistan we stayed in the island for well, we were there for what felt like two three weeks maybe before it was a while yeah yeah because yeah. i remember it became a routine just like pt chow <laughs> right uh sit in updates you know chow pt like, and then like are we gonna do anything what's going yeah, on yeah yeah uh and, yeah i remember uh the hangar that where all gear was stored at um you know with the uh the other unit that was there they were always running rehearsals they had their their unit specific stuff there that was pretty cool um and then us yeah we were just waiting like I remember the buildup to the jump in Iraq a little bit more. Maybe it's just because like in, in Afghanistan, I was just like, everything was just coming to me. Like I was, right. and, and once it happened, I just like deleted everything. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, up, leading up to the jump, man, um, luckily, unlike Iraq, I just jumped in a soul pack into Afghanistan. So yeah. it wasn't that heavy. It was, you know, honestly, it felt like an MLAT. That's it, what I always tell people. It, it was like, 100% yeah. an MLAT. It was like the exact, it was like we yeah. were just jumping into like, I don't know, Anderson. Anderson exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Something, yeah. 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 And then, I mean, think of, you want to talk about the resistance we met. It was kind of like that anyway, you know, because I mean, we hardly, it was like we just assembled and then we kind of yep. did some, you know, I remember we, was that, I don't know which direction we were going, but there were like some suspected bunkers or something or some mm -hmm. ditches or something that we investigated and it was like nothing there. And then, uh, there were some trucks that were like coming into the area and then, you know, the gunship, like I tell everybody, like there's maybe 20 or so people on the, on the objective. The gunship took out most of those guys. And then yeah. who was the guy, who was the Seco um, platoon leader or, or who was the guy? Uh, that... I remember Gilliland. He used to be an ACO. He was a mortarman um, yeah. switch over to be 11 Bravo. And then he went to Seco as a squad leader and he was in the, he was part of the, um, it was Seco Hole that jumped, and then uh, Alpha Company Third Platoon Plus. <laughs> right, right. Uh, for the uh, so we you know Third Platoon had our end of the airfield to secure. I, I always wonder like because you know what else went on at that time. There was something else going on in the yes, country, yeah. and I always wonder like were we a diversion or were we like was it like um, was it a show of force? Of course it was. Yep. But then also was it like to get eyes somewhere else? I don't. Yeah, know. I was, yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah, and you know what was else is going on could have. The equipment and fuel they needed um yeah, yeah yeah it was kind of a jumping point um i mean the jump itself was fine um like i remember rigging up and you know they just meant you know don't your waistband just wrap it up and tape it don't even worry about routing that reserve, yeah, yeah. Uh, through the reserve uh 
that the jump was fine. It was, uh, was it, I don't know, it was that or the rack jump that I just, I thought I had time more time than I did. I re, I forgot. I realized. Probably I both. Yeah. I forgot what, you know, we weren't jumping at 1200 feet and it was 800 or yeah. below. So yeah, there's yeah. zero time to react. And I was like, Oh yeah, there's people below me. I got time. I don't know. They were just huge bushes that looked like a round parachute <laughs> under me So that I immediately hit and then roll. Yeah. And then we assembled, everything was fine. Um, uh, the, the gunship that engaged that tar that was uh trucks, uh, thing I talked to captain, Ron no, not captain Seifert was the company commander. Yeah. Um, and Martin was our first sergeant. So I remember just giving him the update cause we were talking to him and then he, he got clearance and then we just, I, you know, I give, I, I didn't give clearance. I just told the gunship. Yeah, at that point, the gunship kind of engaged. Like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was that was a big highlight for me. Then and then the biggest pucker factor, I mean, because I remember I think you and uh, Brandy and uh, I think it was uh, Matt Schleich when you were, when they were asking you about it. The biggest pucker factor for me was ramp going up, us leaving. Yeah. Why you getting the call that oh, yeah. it was AAA or ADA in the area? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, after all this, after such an yeah. easy mission, and then we're going to get smoked and everybody's like, taken off, you know? Like, took my K pot off and sit on it. Will that save me? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for like 30 minutes, I uh, I was I was super worried. Oh, sweating uh, bullets. I'm like, is yeah. it? Or is, is it? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Was, from jump to assemble to uh breakdown to loading the aircraft um felt like a very long mlat man <laughs> right yeah yeah really did like an easy kind of almost an easier I downgrade it because it was you know it was a uh, now you know basically it was an important moment in the in the war you know but it was an MLAT. like i'm not gonna like oversell it to whereas you know yeah yeah like you said strategically it probably had some significance mm. but then you know uh, other than that it was like mm. Yeah. Until we took off, and then we all thought we were dead. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, exactly. I don't think anybody else. I don't think anybody else. Honestly, uh, the crew chief didn't care because he was like super nonchalant. Yeah, he didn't even. Yeah, nobody else in the aircraft seemed. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's because we were the only two with comms there. Other aircraft. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you remember getting back to base, getting back to where we were, and then going mm -hmm. to the defect and seeing the CNN footage on the yes. TV? Do you <laughs> We're like, what is that? Is that why we did it? Because of that? Yeah. Just so they could have that footage. You used me. <laughs> oh, that looks familiar. Oh, uh, anyway. So, okay. So, anyway, we did that. That was fun. Yep. Um, so, I was, ended up. Oh, go there ahead. was more cool missions during that, though. Nothing nothing kinetic, really. But remember, we did that like rap patrol in the desert during Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was like, for about a week. <laughs> so, we would, uh, uh, I think we were out with second platoon. It was uh, Bordeaux's platoon and uh, Heg. And, uh, we went out with them just doing, yeah, just doing rap patrols, securing desert landing strips so other assets can come in and do their thing, yeah, and then yeah. collapse back, and then we drive to a hide site, and then the next night we'd repeat it. But you remember the night we had the P three on, and there was an LNO uh, on station or on board, one of the regiment LNOs, uh, Intel guy, and I, I think at that point it was just becoming like Groundhog Day because we were you know just drive hide site. Wait for dark, drive, secure, desert landing strip, repeat, repeat. Yeah, yeah. When we're tasking the P3 just on sensor taskings. Yeah, uh -huh. I, I don't know if it was you or me. I'll take the hit if I have to. <laughs> you can blame me. I don't care. No, but then the LNO came back. Oh, it was the LNO's fault. It wasn't our fault. Uh, oh, okay. It was uh, Russo. Remember the guy with the super thick Boston accent? Um, um, he came back. He goes, 
man, I've been combing this desert. He, he did the he did the space balls line. I've been combing this desert for hours and I ain't found shit. And then <laughs> over the radio. Over the radio, not two <laughs> seconds later, Mo pops up with his <laughs> You guys are being monitored by every <laughs> <laughs> so that was the last of that fooling around <laughs> but it's it's true though like you get into that mo you just like day after yeah. day it's kind of the same thing you just get kind of laxed you know and then uh stuff like that happens <laughs> yeah so that was, I, I, know, was funny. I don't think it, he wasn't the first guy to do that in that war i'm sure no, I, mean, absolutely I hear not. stories all the time about the sim similar things so yeah no <laughs> that's hilarious so funny uh yeah so the rest of the appointment i mean we did that and then we uh four deployed somewhere else. Um, I don't know if it was J Bad or not, I'm trying to remember when or where. Um, during Christmas, um, and then we're just uh, I know like the platoon was living out of bunkers and the company CP was like living at that hangar, yeah. Um, and we we're just waiting honestly to go into Bath, I believe, yeah. And around that time, like like second platoon was on call to go to like into the mountains of Torbor because they were, they were being like, they were asking for a platoon Rangers, but for some reason at that time, they just didn't go. Yeah. Um, and then we actually eventually ended just, I think we ended up on bath, um, for a little bit, but then didn't. And then, yeah, we ended up leaving shortly after that. Didn't yeah. We? I mean, yeah. Right after the new year, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was, and then first back came over and they just got after it, man. They were yeah. just, doing all that tour bore stuff yeah so we get back in january and then that march we're in jrtc um right. we hear about 175 uh you know the battle they did but uh, we had one i don't know if it was a platoon or one company from 175 with us at jrtc and all i could think of was like man these dudes must be pissed yeah yes. oh, here with us. Um, how did they how why why i mean did they just get left behind or uh, they pro like only thing I can think of is like maybe they didn't realize they didn't need like for us like well third battalion was over there they didn't need the whole battalion I don't know why the whole battalion went let's keep a company in reserve and while they're in reserve let's send them to Fort Polk <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what a kick in the ball yeah. like not only did you not deploy and get after it with your with your battalion but you had to yeah. go to JRTC yeah jeez yeah so yeah we, and uh, yeah and then like when we got back though you moved on uh yeah. and so that's where our path split for a little bit yeah 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 so we'll go from there like tell, yeah, yeah. So, i, mean, I, I kind of lost track of you guys after that so yeah. what uh what'd you guys um, do after that we like so between september of 2001 and april of 2003 it was trainer deploy trainer deploy um and i did a, like a, a professional development course i had to go in between like it was extremely busy man like i had no idea it was like it was just going from from 97 to 01 just a constant rs cycle where you're you know train up your r and r for f1 so you're not really doing a lot of outside um fort benning training so you're just uh sitting in fort benning doing local ranges feel like right. you have to get a gunship kind of coolidge that's cool um, then you go to a less restrictive cycle and that just repeated for like years and years and years. And all of a sudden, uh, the war kicks off and then the, I, I, I was on it. I definitely was, uh, gone more than I was, uh, home, which was fine. I wasn't married at the time. I didn't have a girlfriend. 
Um, I was stupid enough to get a dog. I don't know why I got a dog. <laughs> yeah. But I, I gave it to a, I gave it to another uh, buddy with the family. Uh, so that worked out for the dog. Nice. Um, so yeah, I was just gone all the time. Um, so yeah, between September 2001, April of 2003, um, my last deployment with the regiment, it was like just deployed, gone. Because so get back January 2002, JRTC in March. You know, we had you know we had leave and then train up for JTC, JRTC, prep for the next appointment. Um, I had to go to BNOC at the time, which I, it's called something else now, like order leadership course phase two or something yeah, like yeah. that. I don't know, but it's like for the army, it's for like an E6 on professional development. So I had to go to BNOC like in uh, May, June out in Fort Sill. So the company already deployed without me, not, not say without me, but the company deployed a couple yeah. of us, I think Josh Thomas, he uh, stayed back too because uh, his wife was pregnant. And she okay. gave birth around that time. So there's a few of us like on rear D caught um, flights uh, a few weeks after the company and then met up with them in Asadabad. So I got to Asadabad June of 2002. We were there through uh, September, October. Um, that was a fun deployment. Um, yeah, yeah. That's where uh, who's with us most of the time. Um, Q was in and out of there. A lot of guys. Uh, Hank House was there. Okay. Yep um was billy there i think billy otter was eric i know billy did the jump with me with us okay. in, in uh in iraq um but okay. we had at that time i think that might have started the process where we had a jzac with every platoon like yeah. every every time a platoon went out the wire um there was a jtac in that patrol nice yeah so you guys were just ran ragged Definitely. Didn't Billy Otter go with us a couple times, like when we did those rat that rat patrol thing? I thought that he was out, or he he either he was either with us, or he we met like a, a, a one thirty would land out in the middle of the desert, and Billy would get off, and then we do something, or I can't. He was there, he was around sometime. I, I just can't remember when it was, but anyway, but yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah so that, uh, that's when I met Mark. First met Mark Foster. He was in Sahabad. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna rag up now. Uh, so that was it. That was that was a good for Um, we were in a sodbot the entire time up until yeah. we had to drive back to Bath and then just redeploy from there. It was awesome. It was just our company out there. Um, you guys keep actually, I, met, I met I met uh, Master uh, at the time Master Lundquist out there because we oh, okay. had we had uh special mission units roll in and out, you know, from there. Right, right. We had a ODA stay with us for a little bit. In Asadabad, okay. that's where I met Lunk. He was supporting an ODA uh, team right, there. Yep. Um, had an RD team uh, come rolling in and out at that time. I think they were there for the majority of the time we were there. They were there with us too. Nice. Um, so that was a fun deployment. Um, that was way more kinetic than the last one for sure. Really? Especially for, especially for you know, uh, Billy and Q and everybody um, yeah. and patrols. They were, yeah. It was fun. Like, do you have any specific things that uh, come to mind at the, at the, um, the run together? A lot of times, yeah. will, um, you, it, when you get after it so much in a certain location, it all kind of runs together. So it just seems like, yeah, we were we were running and gunning the whole time, but having specific instances or it's kind of hard to come up with. But you know, no, there was two. Idea. Yeah, uh, just two that um, stick out. One because I we've I don't I, I can say I and I think all of us on that patrol at that time we were coming back. And none of us have seen, for some reason, the road exploded in front of us. We're like, the hell just happened? <laughs> like, apparently, you know, it, you know, it was our first instance with, with you know, IEDs. Uh, that was right, in right. You know, the summer of 2002. Like, we never prepared. I, 
the only intel we got was because we were running like just gutted um humvees we like ditched the rsovs right. they weren't applicable at that time uh humvees yeah, the RSOVs wouldn't work out there because yeah no the tires yeah the terrain uh, was too bad for tires everything um so we're, we're just running gutted up arm uh plated anyways i won't say up our humvees like the the um they had you know diamond planning in the back but windshields are gone like bird cage. i mean you're yes. just like windshields no are gone doors were gone um yeah. no rear you know it was it was just an open truck all the yeah. way around um and so and i remember you know uh any like intel threats we updates we get it was be, and i assume it's because we were rolling around in those open vehicles it was like as you as you know they were said be prepared you know as you roll through uh like a sodabot proper when we got actually got into town obviously we had to slow down so we didn't run over everybody um right. as we we're going through the market like just eyes up because you know we got um uh you know hits of maybe they'll try and reach in either grab a weapon or you yourself and drag you out so we're eyes up on that and but i never recall ever like having intel about ieds just it wasn't right. a thing then Yep. So we're coming back yeah, from like, all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, like the road just exploded. Like, that's a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. We don't have that. So, uh, that, and then it was, so we we're there. Um, it disabled one vehicle, zero injuries. Thank God. I don't know how that happened. Um, uh, but, you know, found the command wire and just, there was a town as we're, you know, you're limited to where you can drive out there. Sure. Um, because I think Sadabad became like Fob Right or something like that eventually. But it's saw back in the day, it was so very few um avenues approach you can go. Right. So you know, you found you know, they um found the command wire that uh deaded it and ran it to a town down the valley. Um uh, and then I think Sergeant Major Birch was with us for that um that incident. So he knew what to do, obviously. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they get back to base. And then the other one that I recollect was, uh, you know, I, I was still the company FSNCO at that time. So I had, you know, there were platoon JTACs, there were platoon FOs, there were platoon FO RTOs. So, like, as a platoon or as a company, FSNCO, I didn't really like, I, we had an FSO at that time, thank God, uh, Russ Ripiso. Um, yep. So he would be with the command element wherever Captain Ryan would go, he'd tag along. I usually was with XO um, with the uh, other CP um, and XO didn't really go out that much. So I would, whenever my guys needed a break um, from going, uh, I was like, Hey man, let me, you, you need a break. Let me go. <laughs> like you don't want to take this spot. So luckily I went out, um, I went out with third platoon uh, with uh, G and Bostic. Um, and again, we're coming back just as patrol. We're going out to an area. Just really, it was honestly at those at that time, man. It was like uh, patrol. Like we were just patrolling, hoping for a contact, and then we engaged. There were um, like H HVTs that we would go after. At least go down the areas that we knew. Hopefully, we can kick something off. If not, we at least gather some kind of intel and come back. Um, and the way back of that one, uh, we just um, were engaged from across the river. Um, and so for some reason, did we have, yeah, it was just me. I didn't, so we didn't have an FO, we didn't have an art, uh, the FO out there, Thomas, um, or there wasn't a, uh, JTAC at the time either. So it was just me on the patrol. So I was like, sweet. Um, 
we just took a little bit of gunfire um, from across the river. Um, so I, you know, dismounted, started running up, trying to get my antenna up and everything like that because uh, we were getting classes and, you know, just get up on, uh, I didn't know it was jarring then, but, you know, just get up on this freak, call right, this right. person, see what they can give you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I did that, but uh, like by the time uh, something came over, like it was just sporadic shot. Um, they stopped this, I think that's all they wanted to do. And then, yeah. you know, the 50 cal and the Mark 19 engage. And I think that just made it move on. So I didn't get to do anything then, but just the, the pops and the whizzes and the cracks are always, you know, disconcerting. I know. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it's, it's cool. You know, you think you're about to do your job and then you don't. Right. That, that's um, the bigger letdown than getting shot. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. yeah, yeah. The other time, um, during that deployment, um, our XO, Paul Karen, um, he and I were, so I told you about this, like a, we did our recce mission uh, in yeah. downtown Asadabad. So there was um, a target in Asadabad that uh, they needed intel on just of this compound. Like, uh, can a Humvee fit down this alleyway? Um, what does the gate look like? Is the lock on the inside or outside? How high are the walls? Blah, blah, blah. Stuff yeah. I like just seemed like a salute report back in the day, you know? Um, sure. as you were walking, but they were like, well, obviously you can't make it too obvious, um, uh, that, you know, we sent a bunch, you know, we didn't really walk around the town anyways. We always drove through to go to another area. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're like, I don't know whose idea it was, but Paul came up to me, he threw me, uh, a man dress and he's like, Hey man, put this on. You and I are jumping in Hilux with the two Terps. And we're driving in Sadabad. Oh my like, god! <laughs> Basically, because we're the two like tall, skinny, brown guys, not too right. large. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. You guys fit the profile. Yeah. Yeah. At first, at, at just a glance, you're yes. good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, you don't talk to anybody or anything. No, no, definitely not. Uh, so I was like, "What do I do?" He goes, "Just hold my hand while we're walking." That's what they do. I was like, "Okay." I was like, "How do I hide my M4?" He goes, "No, we're not taking an M4. Just take your M9." I was like with my holster he goes no if you just wear here's some 550 and tie it around your waist you know i was like oh my god this is so stupid i'm gonna die <laughs> i'm gonna die uh but it, i mean it just it went without um incident we rolled down with the um the terps and then uh you know parked away from where we were walking walked through uh god it was i felt trying to be nonchalant but like how do you do that oh my god I mean, you know you you think it's it's cool but it's yeah. also like man i get smoked any time right now you know or yeah. just get rolled up yeah. or you know like I, my I'm, head cut off on cnn or what and, and like i'm walking like, i've never walked with my uh, you know uh because all i had was 550 tied around my waist and snugly so i beretta could fit, you know get in there but i knew like if i walk at my normal pace it's going to either slip out or something so i like i'm trying to shuffle but not look like a, it was just it was a yeah it was just, yeah it was it was funny <laughs> but after the fact but yeah yeah isn't it, yeah none of that stuff that were funny at the time but yeah after, yeah exactly. yeah and the worst part was like he got he got the cool he got the shepherd's hat like oh yeah masculine hat and i had like the little square cap probably meant like oh, i was okay. a schoolboy or something like that. So it was I'll send you the picture, man. It was funny. I want to see it. <laughs> so that went without, and then you know we came back, talked to Captain Ryan, and gave him the info, and the hit never ended up happening. There's a there's a lot of potentials um, during that deployment. Some panned out, some didn't. 
Yeah. Um, but it was still like just the constant patrols were going on. Um, not all saw action, not all got engaged, but more often than not, they did. And the actual Asada bot itself, too, like one night we uh, came under attack. Um, and that night, like, I want to say it was Billy that was working uh, A10s on the ridge line, like to the, uh, the rivers to the south, to so the north of us. Um, yeah, so that was cool. But, they like shooting rockets uh, at the base. Yeah, this uh, shot rockets. Uh, the whole time, up until this night, um, you know, daytime activities as normal. At night, headlamps, red light, or nothing. Um, there was, uh, you know, a curtain over the cop or over the CP. So you walked in, you know, you the light wouldn't shine out in the um, into the courtyard area. So. But for this night, he's that uh, he decided like for some reason we can have a barbecue, and so there was like, so the cooks were like cooking up hot dogs and steak, and it was the first like non emery meal we've had in a while. Um, it was after the fourth, so maybe that was the wheel because we didn't really get celebrated fourth. Um, you know, and there was like one or two not full up spotlights, um, but you know just outdoor lights that we had so the coast can see what they were doing and guys can shuffle through and grab their food and you just let your guard down for you know five minutes and that happens oh, so, yeah and two rockets right so look if yeah if they aimed any better because we were all around the cp um there's yeah as soon as and they were airburst like as soon as we heard the whistle like it was like trays were getting flipped guys were hitting the ground <laughs> I was talking to, I think, Chuck Everett afterwards. He's like, man, I saw your plate hit. I was like, I reached over to try your safer hot dog. <laughs> He's like, I'm not letting that thing go. He goes, you're a fool to drop your plate. Uh, <laughs> you're like, you yeah. go to the bunker. You yeah. get your shit. Like, I'm not going to let this go to waste. But yeah, it's, and that's the thing, too. Like, after that happened, we're, you know, just range panties and brown t-shirts and boots. And guys just grabbed body armor, threw it on, got in the trucks, rolled into town um and brought some people back to um uh that stayed you know that later shipped off the bath i think so yeah it was it was that was another yeah another cool thing to happen i guess nice yeah yeah it's funny how you yeah once you you get that false sense of security sometimes uh just because you're there for so like it's i don't know what you call it there's a name for it but you just get day in and day out it's the same thing and nothing happens and you get your used to it and then when something and then when something does happen, it's like very catastrophic because you're not, yeah. you just haven't been ready for it. Yeah. But well, I'm glad nobody got hurt. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah. During that deployment, uh, like the biggest, uh, I know some of the guys at Mark, I talked about it too. Like malaria just hit the company hard. Yeah. Like dudes were, one guy came back, didn't know he had it, um, went to pre ranger after deployment, um, and in pre ranger was like during the, I think five mile run or 12 mile rock was just, he was just like powering his, his way through it. Like he's like, I am not, not going through pre-ranger and not, not going through range school to the point where he passed out. And I think he had kidney issues for the rest of his career. Cause like, he didn't know he had malaria. Like he was, and he thought he just had the flu. He's like, that's cool. I can, you know, whatever it's a flu. Um, Hank house got super sick while we're out there. Oh, did he? Um, yeah. Uh, bunch of guys got sick out there and, yeah, and, and post deployment too actually i think post deployment was worse because it was hitting guys um it hit me after iraq um so almost a year after we got back uh just yeah so you think so you got hit with you think you got hit with malaria while in afghanistan rotated back 
deployed to Iraq, and then it, it took that long to kind of get through your system? Yeah, because I don't remember being um, outside of like, uh, well, like we'll get to it later. But like when I when, when Alpha Company finally got to the dam after you know everything Beacon went through, um, I was able to, you know, we were able to finally wash ourselves, and it was in Haditha Dam, which was cool. But oh, yeah, um, but just the way from the Asadabad deployment, like that SF team that was there. Uh, before them, we were just showering with water bottles um, when we could, or it, I think it only rained once or twice while we were there. Um, yeah. and so if it rained and we happened to be on a side of we were, you know, just ran out and lathered up real quick and rinsed off in the rain. Um, but the the engineer, uh, I think gave us like right behind our, I don't want to call them tents. They were like old canopies that we propped up with uh, posts. So it was like an open, open tent living area just caught under a tarp really and behind us the uh engineer dude he set up like four shower heads for us he ran well he helped the locals run wire or wire water and everything like that so it was really just like gravity fed water uh -huh. um but so we were like cool we got showers um but like i didn't see myself but the story was like guys were patrolling running down um on patrol leaving the gate uh went up, drive towards Asadabad, and that's where the water would come from. And they were like, they thought it was a rock uh, in the stream, but for some reason, somebody, somebody went up and looked at it. It was like, is a dead bloated donkey? Oh, that man. just like lost all this. <laughs> so that oh, was feeding into the shower. So to me, I could put two and two together and realize how yeah, guys, geez. I don't know. Man, you're lucky that's all you guys got. I mean, yeah, you I know. anything. Oh. Yeah. So that was that. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was that was that that was a fun deployment though. It, as yeah. definitely higher paced than the first deployment, way higher paced. For sure. Um, not as you know connected as everybody hoped it would be, you know. But yeah. still, it was it was starting to progress that way. As as you know, as stupid as that sounds, like people were starting to. I mean, that's what you do. You want to get in the fight, right? Right. Um, so yeah, well, we you're, there for a you're there to do a job. Yeah, we're not there to. And you know, it's frustrating when you're, you, you keep going out, you keep going out, and there's no, you don't, you're, there's no result. There's no, yeah. you, know, you want that, uh, yeah, you want some sort of end state. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's why I think. So that night we got rocketed because of the barbecue. Um, when guys rolled out to that town, they were super aggressive. Um, oh, bet. <laughs> <laughs> when they rolled uh, and they brought the guys back, there was yeah, it was. That was good. How dare they interrupt that barbecue? Don't they know yeah, they're yeah. Americans? Yeah. <laughs> barbecue is sacred. <laughs> All right. So that was, was that your last um, OEF deployment before Iraq? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For third battalion, it was. Um, so we got back um, in September, uh, early October of 2002. Went on leave, came back. And then like the rumblings of uh, Iraq started, you know, happening. Um, since we had leave after deployment, we didn't get leave over Christmas. We all stayed around. And we pretty much started, it almost seemed inevitable, inevitable, just started prepping for Iraq, honestly. Yeah. Um, it spent, and it got in full swing in January, especially I remember watching in Sergeant G's office, like watching Colin Powell at the UN, you know, bring out the vials. And we're like, all right, well, man. That's so it, yeah, yeah. it was like full on uh, prepping for uh, um, Iraq at that point. 
And then, uh, so Colonel Bannock was the third battalion commander. I don't know why, uh, we always got the jumps, um, or why we jumped sometimes, you know, you wonder like, was yeah, the like jump, who, was the jump are, are all these jumps necessary? Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, right. So, but, uh, we're, you know, tagged in for newer jumping in. Um, so we did a lot of, it's kind of like, you know, like the Somalia guys, like they knew it was happening. It was just a matter of when, and before right. they even left for Somalia, they were doing all sorts of projects. Like they go out to Fort Hood to mock-ups and train there. They, you know, sure, back sure. in Benning. So that's kind of where it was. Like we would just like, I remember, you know, yeah, it was man, like walk through dry run, dry night. So that's what it was for day live, night live. Yes. Yeah. So I remember we, they set up a mock-up over by Friar. It wasn't on Friar. It was like a small strip outside of Friar field. Um, and we literally just walked through phase by phase, piece by piece of the jump, uh, into Iraq, which eventually be H one. Um, you know, they had the engineer tape out, uh, yeah, yeah. At, you know, this phase, you know, i you know, these are the assets, this is the task conditions. Like, but that's what we did. Like we walked through step by step as we would with an MLAT, you know, it wasn't any sure. different, which is the whole point of, you know, like an MLAT is feels like that because that is what we're going to do. And guess what? That is what we did. Exactly. So it was, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, we say like, you know, Rhino was like an MLAT. This was like an MLAT. It's like, that's, that's the whole point. That's why we do yeah. that stuff because it, if, that way when you get there, it's not new. It's like, yeah. now what do exactly. we do? It's like, no, I know what to do. I know exactly, you know, I know go over here and I link up here and I do this. Yeah. 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 Make it second nature kind of. Yep. Yep. So I remember do that and January, February, uh, or really January of 03. And then for like the live walkthrough, we jumped into uh, Holland, DZ, uh, on Fort Bragg. It's a huge one out in the Western uh, part of the, the Fort Bragg ranges. Um, so yeah, we jumped into Holland um, and then just, you know, did that. We're there, for, honestly, um, it wasn't MLAT-ish. It was just jump, assemble, um, and then because we on the actual jump, we had engineers with us from 82nd engineer company with uh heavy equipment. Um, we eventually had like a uh, Navy EOD with us. Um, so that jump with us, so we just, it was really just bringing all the pieces together, do an actual jump, see if it all would work out. And then, uh, so I was still company F Sensio at the time. Uh, Paul Karen was still the XO, Captain Ryan was still the commander and Russ, uh, was still the FSO. And remember, uh, while we were waiting on Holland, um, we are running piece by piece through everything. Uh, Paul Karen, his dad, um, I don't know if you knew this, like his dad was Sergeant major of uh, the unit. Oh, I didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 So, but at this time, his dad had retired and is that actually, you know what? His dad was actually a guest speaker, I think, before he retired at one of our Ranger Balls. Oh, and, yeah. like, and if you look at him, he's the most unassuming dude. You Like, no Ranger tab, no SF long tab. Um, obviously, you know, he's uh, airborne, free fall, everything. Um, but just an unassuming dude, small, not, not not a big friend guy. Yeah, Paul, I guess Paul's not – he's yeah. unassuming as well. I mean, he was a yeah. kind of smaller dude. So – He's given it, you know, he's he's the guest speaker at one of our range balls. And I don't think he was a soft spoken guy as well. And I don't think anybody actually knew like like 
paid either paid attention or knew like how badass this guy was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is even more badass than a regular well, badass. So while we're on Holland, um, Paul goes, Hey man, uh, why don't you come with me? Um, are you hungry? I was like, yeah, I'm hungry. Uh, he goes, come with me. And then, so we started walking away from the CP and to the edge of the, um, to the edge of Holland, there's like a little mount complex there. Yeah. Um, and there's this little, like, I don't know, it was a Nissan or Ford or for a Nissan or Tacoma, like small ones, you know, not like a, um, not an extra cab or just single cab Tacoma, not even a four by four, just a two wheel, two wheel yeah. drive. Um, and he goes, come on, let's get in. He goes, this is my dad. Uh, he was like, his dad at that time was like the, like the safety guy over there, you know, still working over there. But, uh, so his dad drove us onto the compound and then like brought us to the chow hall while we're really? in, while we're in J list and our, you know, our, our pro mass is flopping at our side. <laughs> yeah. He got his chow and that's awesome. Brought, brought me and uh, Paul back to the DZ after that. And then I think that night or early the next morning, we, you know, uh, uh, broke down and then loaded up and headed back to betting. So it was pretty funny. That's awesome. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's, I was, I was, I was obviously like a total fish out of water. I had no idea what like, I'm going to get like either yelled at cause I'm here or <laughs> like people are looking at me like I'm crazy. They were all cool. Yeah. They just sat down. Talking. So amazing. Yeah. I have very, very, a very small uh, interaction, a very small exposure to it, but it's from what I have seen and what I've been, you know, done there. It's just amazing. It's like the yeah. coolest place. I mean, and I can imagine why people would want to go there and work, you know, that's yeah. uh, oh, it seems like a, a phenomenal place to be. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was it. That was super interesting. And then, uh, like I said, uh, back to reality. We got back, you know, back to betting. And then just um, when we deployed, uh, we were lucky enough to not go to, I think because Alpha Company as a whole was at Asadabad, while the rest of the battalion at that time was at Bath, living, okay. I won't say well, but living better than open air tarps and, you know, cots. Right. Um, and shit water. So uh, yeah. I was back in the side of too, just like, just even not even thinking about it, like it, totally normal. Like, uh, our latrine open air diesel cans with plywood and, uh, you know, just a toilet seat and, you know, cut out and then toilet seat place on it. It was like nothing. Yeah. But just thinking about it, it's like, how, you know, it was like, it, I'm it was, telling you, man, the, the early days of that invade that of the war, if you were at an outstation, you were not, you were sucking. I mean, you yeah. were not living well. I mean, I used to, I spent some time at Shkin and, um, you know, at, uh, you know, like Organy or any of those places. Mm -hmm. It was like that. It was like, you had to, you had to just figure it out. You had to like, you know, burn your own, burn your own crap. Yeah. That's it. That was, yeah, that, was it a, was, that was a daily detail. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, I mean, it just had to be done. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, terrible living so I, I think the, um, because Alpha Company was out there, the, the entirety of that second deployment um, prior, you know, we um, got to stay on PSAB, uh, Prince Sultan Air Base, I believe it was called. Okay. Uh, uh, while the rest of the time was like at some austere place, like oh, just really? I heard it was horrible. Like <laughs> the winds, the sand, it was horrible. So we were living oh. fairly large prior to the jump, I will say, nice. like what it was. I remember Billy getting, and Trent Joy was with us then too. Um, oh, okay. I'm done with the suit. Uh, Billy somehow getting hands on like an up armored like caddy or something like that. I think it was just, and we, 
he'd take us to the jowl once in a while. <laughs> but I think it was like a hoopty that was just like heavy. It was like dropped to the ground. So it was so yeah. <laughs> the, the glass and everything. And so it was funny. Um, yeah. So uh, we were lucky enough to be there. Um, and again, it felt like we were there for weeks, just either refining planning or scrapping planning for something bigger which didn't happen thank god like the actual jump onto uh 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 baghdad international never happened thank god but that was a plan that was going forward that was going to be a red metal plus jump um don't you think that would have been brutal Uh, that seems like it would have been like just kind of a lot of maybe alone going into like that would have been i yeah yeah i i the th- like they say, you know, like the acceptable casualty rate is like 30% or something like that. Just, you know, hearing that alone, it's like, oh, yeah. And you definitely probably, probably, like, probably would have sustained that. Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And probably why you didn't do it, frankly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, mean, I, I was I, like, Man of Brothers is one of my favorite series ever. Um, just knowing. Even they probably even have worse um, casualty percentages uh, going into what they did, and I was like, "Man, there's obviously, yeah, yeah, never will ever compare to anything like that." Uh, but that's what. But that's kind of like not to, not to say that we. But it, it makes me think. Like I don't know. It, did, it was obviously if we were told to do it, I was like we we would we would do it. Sure. Um, but like, is the just the way even you know 20 it's been 20 years now like is do people not want to see that you know like yeah that many well i would venture to say that even when they did it back in you know world war ii it probably wasn't necessary to take that kind of risk they were probably just like we're we need to do this mass force yeah yeah, Yeah. they were they they didn't take any consideration soldiers lives as much as we do now which so that's you know so that Yes, those guys are heroes, and uh, you know I have the utmost respect for them. But their leadership at the time probably wasn't didn't have their best interest in mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, whereas we, when we were there, we were we had the luxury of having guys that were they were hard chargers, but they were also like, look, I don't want to get a bunch of rangers killed either, or I don't want to yeah. get a bunch. You know, so they were like, let's. They had to temper the plan to be like, yes, we're going to kick kick ass, but we also want to keep our guys alive. So you know they had to, which is how it, you know the the H one thing probably came to fruition. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think that was the plan at all was, so they obviously buy up scale down back to the regionality. So H one was going on. Um, I, uh, was it Seiko or Biko was hitting not simultaneous, but around the, you know, it was going to be another jump with, I believe Charlie coming again or Bravo company on the, on the H three. Um, but yeah, Alf company plus an 82nd engineer company plus, um, a uh, team of Navy EOD dudes, um, and then other strap hangers, you know. Uh, but uh, so yeah, so the jump into Iraq, um, yeah, uh, we we're lucky enough to be again. It was just like planning for weeks. Um, when it finally happened, um, the ruck was a lot heavier because we weren't coming back to where we were. Oh, we were yeah. in the country for all. It was a heavy ass ruck, man. Right. Luckily, um, it yeah. Was, what was the plan? I mean, if you can go into it, like what? Yeah. What was it to? set up that airstrip or was it to yeah, it was uh so we it was a strategic uh airfield for us and iraq so they were going to and they already did um uh 
put barriers on the airfield. So they um, either vehicles that would, you know, park on the airfield, pop the tires, they would dump uh, sand piles or rock piles on the airfield. That's why we had the engineers come with us. So we knew we wanted to hold the airfield um, f- to make it as a, obviously, you know, you had the mechanized force just kicking ass, going, driving balls to the wall into um, Baghdad and H1, H3, everything was kind of out to the west. So that was going to be a, there really wasn't much out there um, for, to sustain. So if we took that airfield, it could be a leapfrog point. It, you know, we jump right. here, the airfield, we can run missions out of there, but also like um, they can, we can bring sustain in there as well. Fuel, okay. Okay. Uh, fuel everything like that. It become a, just a mini hub um, to come from another area, refuel, rearm if they want to make it a FARP as well. And then go to other places in Iraq. Gotcha. So I think that was a big, like the big picture. Okay. <clears throat> you guys um, meet any resistance there, or did, was it? No, absolutely. Nope. Uh, uh, at least for H now zero. Yeah, it was just it was just um, the all the runways either they either dug holes in them or they put some kind of barrier in them. So the engineers were super busy. The jump yeah. itself was fine. Um, the same thing. Like I just didn't track. We were jumping lower than usual. Um, I hit my knees like super bad. Um, did you land on the, um, on the runway or did you land off? No, I landed off. Thank God. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then assembled, uh, like we just held security around the airfield, honestly, for like days, um, before the engineers could finally have it hundred percent cleared. Um, the CCT was able to do their, uh, runway assessments. Okay. Um, and then things are start flowing in like, uh, um, Right wing assets started flowing in, um, so they can run missions with their customers. Um, we actually had a few A10s. Remember, come uh, fly in, probably plan with. Uh, those oh, other they landed ones. there. Yeah, they landed. It's pretty nice. cool. Um, yeah, I have the worst war story. Sorry, man. I know this is. A- <laughs> no, no, no. This is awesome. I the the fact that's what I love about like kind of what we do. Not we the collective we like the U.S. Like we're like, we're going to, you know, we have the assets, we have the means, we have the talent to set up something like that in the middle of nowhere, you know, and bring in anything we want. You're bringing like attack fighter jets into the this austere remote, you know, remote location, um, resupplies and helicopters. I mean, it's just a, it's a phenomenal um, indication of what we can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's awesome. So then, how long did you guys stay at H1? Uh, the jump itself was, yeah, uneventful, um, started planning things to do, um, future emissions. Uh, honestly, like the whole time we knew the rest of the battalion was out there. Um, I remember Beagle rolling through to go to the dam. I didn't know the significance of it at the time because, uh, uh, like we had, uh, while the dam was going on, um, we were kind of uh, doing some rap patrols as well. Uh, we just have companies come out. Uh, we stage out of H1, um, and then we take platoon. The, com- the company commander would just task platoons to go out um, for patrols. Then just one night, uh, we went forward to like an oil refinery. Um, and it had like almost a whole company out there at one time. Uh, really, I think while we're out there, we, uh, 
it was kind of cool. I, I had no idea. Like they had like a, a little town associated, like almost like the ore refining workers would work in this little town. So we had to clear it through there and then onto the ore refining actual, we just, I think we just sh shut the oil off, honestly, oh, make yeah. sure that it couldn't be used as I, cause I remember Captain Ryan going, he's like, Hey, cool. We just cut the oil off to Syria and he kind of turned around. I was like, is that, is that just, is that real? <laughs> Yeah, we just did that. Uh, yeah, we were supposed to do that. I guess number one, we were supposed to do that. <laughs> so at that point, we were amassed, and and uh, the company was in a smaller area. So he sent two platoons back to H one, and one platoon stayed out by the ore refinery, and they were doing patrols from there. Um, so I think uh, at that time it was second platoon and the company CP, so Captain Ryan and Russ, uh, the episode. Um, and then that's where they had the incident where it was April 3rd. Um, so just after the fight of the dam or during the fight of the dam, um, we, they were setting up, um, block positions along a road. And then Russ with the company CP was just up a little bit higher on higher ground. Um, and the platoon had block positions, uh, down on each side of the road, east and west, I think. Um, and then they were letting cars through, but like they weren't, uh, they'd stop just random ones. Um, this one car rolled through one of the uh, block musicians and then stopped in between the two. And then uh, like a pregnant lady, well, we assumed it was pregnant. She was pregnant lady, she had, um, but this lady came out, started like waving frantically, looking, everybody just assumed she needed help. So, uh, since they were away from block musicians, closer to the company CP, Russ grabbed two other guys, uh, Nino and Ryan, and uh, just walked down to see, you know, he's like, cool, they made it through the block musicians, shouldn't be a problem. Um, walked down there, like, I don't know if she detonated herself, and then there was like a sympathetic in the car, or the car detonated, and, but that happened. So, and then started getting engaged from, uh, further down the road. So it was, it was definitely a coordinated attack. Okay. Um, so that was like the kind of the initiation of the amp. amp yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, huge. I was a, yeah. Um, so he's already engaged. Um, had to, I think, uh, Billy was out there. So he brought in aircraft. Um, the gun trucks were engaging. Uh, and then once everything calmed, like no force came up, I think they were just trying to like, cause a disruption, see what kind of mayhem they can do. And then, you know, um, just cause destruction and, and then, you know, make us, uh, uh, deal with that after, which we did. Yeah. And then, uh, so, you know, had to bring in, uh, flights from H1 to pick up, uh, um, the remains. And then at that point we switched out platoons cause, um, there were a couple casualties. Um, honestly, like my, another FO, one of my FOs, um, who's, uh, Russ's, who's Russ's FS, uh, RTO, was playing his uh, RTO. Um, he got caught in the blast, um, seriously wounded, uh, shrapnel just embedded in his abdomen, you know. Um, but he was lucky, obviously, you know, uh, landed, you know, got eventually shipped to Germany. They um, uh, were able to uh, save him and everything, but they said. This is what he said. I don't know if he's just saying it to, you know, you know, self-defamation, you know, to make everything, you know, make it feel, seem like he's not uh, 
a big deal he is because he survived a, a hellish thing. Yeah. Um, but he's like, yeah, man, because because at the time it was it was a few weeks in and we were still eating MREs. And he goes, the doctor said the only thing that saved me is because I was so impacted from these, you know, I couldn't shit. And I was so impacted, like all that shrapnel wouldn't go through me. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, if he was serious, that was, it, wow. too, was, yeah. So he was he was messing. He's a he. I think he's retiring this year. He uh, eventually um, he was in rehab for the longest time. He had really yeah. some really bad um, abdominal issues, um, but was able to uh, stick uh, stick out his military military career. So that was good for him. Yeah. It's always nice when like guys that, that, that sustain like kind of a serious injury, they, the military is good about keeping them in, especially like, yeah. you know, in the soft community, you know? Yeah. I remember, I can't remember if it was when, if we, do you remember, I thought it was when we first got over there, but we, there was like a seal walking around with like a fake leg. Do you remember, do you remember that we're in the mess hall at some place? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you weren't there, but yeah. I just remember looking over and this dude was like, he like had glasses on, head on backwards, beard. And he had like shorts on and then like he had like one leg and he was like just, you know, going on missions and doing stuff. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, you know, like yeah. most guys, most humans, once you sustain that kind of an injury or even that kind of trauma, you're like, all right, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. You know, yeah. these there's like guys like you're talking about guys like I saw and multitude of other dudes were just like, yeah, I'm getting, I got to get back into it. And they were, I mean, it's really commendable when they, oh, yeah. Like that yeah. Just yeah, especially throughout the entirety of the war, like the guys that wanted to come back, and that it, yeah, it's amazing. Like yeah. most guys would like, yeah, most normal people, I suppose, would say, okay, I, I did my part. But yeah. you know, there's something that, and, uh, and to their, def to, and in their, and defense, they did, they, they absolutely did. did. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that either. I'm not. <laughs> I don't mean to say that you know there's anything wrong with a guy who said right, that's it. I'm tapping out. Cause that's, a, I mean, I don't know how I would react. I never got injured like that. So yeah. I can't speak to either, either side, but yeah, it's, I, I support the people that say that tap out and like, that's enough getting blown up is enough for me yeah. or losing a limb or an eye or whatever. And then, but I'm also like, I, I hold these other guys in pretty high regard that are like staying in and doing, yeah. you know, I like Mark Hurst who lost his eye and he's like, yeah. Yeah. ended up being a JTAC again and, and jumping and, you know, just and being a, you know, a senior leader in the career field, you know, just amazing guys like that. So, yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a shame about, um, about Russ. I mean, that, that was, yeah. it's like just, a, and I, we kind of talked, I've talked about it before with some guys, it's just kind of like luck of the draw, you know, it's like, it, yep. it could have been, it could have been anybody. And it just, it just, sucks, that, you know? we, I actually made fun of him. Like, well, not made fun of him, but like we were, you know, he was a good friend. I mean, he was my, you know, he was my FSO. He was my, he was oh, my he's well, well, loved yeah. The, the um, money, yeah. Uh, and so when he got tagged to, <laughs> like, I, I gave him a high five. I was like, ha ha, your turn. And then look what happens. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, well, but again, we talked about this last, I, I think I talked about it with Justin Foles. It's like you, you joke, you joke about it because what else are you going to do? You're going to, yeah. you know, you know, it's like, that's, you have to have that mentality. Otherwise you're just going to drive yourself crazy. So, you know, yeah. while you had no idea, he would have probably said the same thing to you and you would have said, yeah. you know, if nothing would have happened, it'd have been fine. But yeah, I mean, it's, but it's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. And then we also talked about like the, this, the ability of those and not, I don't want to lump all the, those people together, but, the, the the ability of like terrorists to do that kind of thing like 
like it's just the the lack of respect for life and you know they're just like they're sacrificing themselves for what you know like to just to kill yeah. you know hey, but i guess i mean look at what we're talking about now and we really miss those guys and it, it yeah. does have a i guess what i'm trying to say is it it means more to us to lose our people than it does for them to lose theirs which is kind of yeah. like they're, they're yeah. kind of they have the upper hand in that regard you know they can just you know they sacrifice people you know left and right where we hold each life dear and it, it's a it has a big effect on us so yeah i don't know it just it sucks i hate it it makes me so mad you know what i mean yeah yeah i i, I don't know what it like i mean i know especially about this country like the country's gone from uh, really meager beginnings to you know we're a superpower and everybody's got a uh, a great well, not everybody but most americans are fortunate enough to have a a decent um a life you know there's all or, know. or the potential to have one yeah, yeah. Or the potential. Yeah. so it's yeah. just i don't know if they just yeah the people just go up there and they just give up i don't know i don't know, I don't know. yeah they just looking for yeah i don't know so, i don't i'm just glad i live in this country honestly <laughs> right Lucky, every, you know, day. Look at the draw. every day yeah exactly yeah. like <laughs> could have been yeah i mean it's and that's essentially what it is you know, just yeah 100 percent. yeah Okay, so you were at H one, and then mm -hmm. uh, so you just stayed in and around that area. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, so after um, uh, the incident over there, um, that was going on. Um, I, we I kind of remember hearing things about the just the heroics going on at the dam there. Um, but you know, we all had our own thing going on, so uh, we continued doing uh, missions in and out of H one. And really that little uh oil facility as well we just went from point to point to point all around h1 um yeah. uh uh and most of the time like like we drive that's like the iraqi army was running like there was really not much to engage with sure uh, you, you know, first you know early the early part of each war was um just Everything happens so fast. Like the army is just right. rain. Um, and Afghanistan. Well, I don't think they quite knew what the, what they were getting into. Yeah. Either one. You know, they're like poking yeah. the bear and then the bear wakes up and it's like. So, yeah. So they, you know, I think they were on their heels. You know, I was, I was uh, maybe fortunate, unfortunate enough, depending on how you want to look at it, to be a part of where we caught them on their heels. So there wasn't much resistance. Um, and obviously they started you know, getting back and digging in as the, as the years wore on. Uh, so yeah, like as we were driving, like we were actively driving through, like we, okay, we know there's a, a battery of uh, artillery over here. Let's go see. Okay. Oh, but they let just left the barrels. Everybody's gone. All right. We know there's an, Oh no, they left too. It was like, we were just finding stuff that was abandoned. Yeah. Um, so there was not much, you know, there's not much fight. I know, uh, at least on my part, I know Q's team, uh, RD team is with, uh, you know, gotten a pretty serious engagement because that was all around the same time between the dam, um, uh, Q's, uh, um, events, uh, Alpha Company's events. And then, yeah, everything was rolling through around the same time. So everybody had a different, you know, perspective, I guess, sure. or I guess definitely of how things were going. Cause I know they ran to that. Um, at, at one point, like Star Major Birch, um, he started rolling with us as we were driving through looking for, you know, going from point to point to point, looking to um, engage and destroy or just come to find out there was nothing, you know, there was just equipment there we had to destroy because there's nobody else there. Right, um, right. 
he he started rolling with the platoon. Not obviously, you know, Sergeant Major Birches. He's just he was not there to micromanage. He was there to snipe guys. <laughs> yeah, snipe guys. <laughs> yeah, he went from the dam where he was sniping guys with their own weapons, and started rolling with us as we started rolling through, um, uh, looking, you know, uh, from mission from mission to mission. And we rolled through one little uh, urban area um, where I think. I don't know if it's Q's team or not, but it's not our D team rolled through, engaged somebody, um, and then we were not too far behind them. And the uh, individually engaged was uh, just disabled, you know, shot in the leg. Uh, and then that RD team kept rolling through. Um, and we were rolling through, and Birch is like, treat that man, send him, get him to the road so another vehicle picks him up. And he goes, if we can't kill him, then we have to take care of him. I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's, he said, I mean, that's it. That's yeah. the ROE. Yeah, that is. Yeah. That guy, so, I don't know. People just don't, I, and I don't know if anybody ever will fully know. I don't, and I don't even claim to know him that well. But from what I've heard about him, I think I met him once or twice. He would never remember me, um, or I was in his vicinity and got to hear him, you know, say some stuff. But yeah. uh, from what I've heard and just what I know, what a phenomenal individual. And just like a guy, like he's just a, just a tried and true American soldier, you know, pretty I mean, he's been at the highest levels of the army. He's been, you know, that national level asset. He, but, but like, but like in that regard, he, he still like plays it straight. He's not like, you know, yeah. don't just, he could just have been like, all right, smoke this guy. And let's exactly. just he could have been like, yeah, just murder him. We'll move on. Like he's gonna, yeah. you know, but no, man, he was like, just a, just one of the best guys ever. You know, absolutely. Just a man. Absolutely. Yeah. He's like a walking, like tall, big, Tall, like Clint Eastwood in life that you're, you're but it, but better because he's he's not a he's not a character he's not yeah, yeah. he's a know, real life yes he's he, a real he life yeah. yeah yeah so he just Very amazing hero, yeah. Yeah. yeah um so I remember yeah we rolled through and you know uh, I think second platoon had to like bandage him up uh, triage him and then uh, take him to the road because there was still like uh, civilian traffic like egressing so make sure he got on a truck and then or a vehicle and then. Uh, Came back. We kept rolling through. Um, that was the predominance of it, and we eventually came back to H one re reconciled, uh, uh, revamped as a company. Um, and then, I think at that point, um, it was what jump was in March by early April. No, it was, yeah, because April third um, by middle of April, like we, I think we. Decisions were made, like let's start sending companies back stateside. So we weren't yeah. we weren't in Iraq. At least Alpha Company was on Iraq very long, maybe forty some days. That's um, what a lot of guys were saying. Like it was just quick. They got yeah. in, you guys wrecked it, and then got yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that first deployment it was yeah, and like you know, jumped. You know, we were in J list the entire time because you jumped in J list. Um, That's so one thing I don't like, miss. Because I, I was in Afghanistan during this whole invasion. Like it was yeah. why I was on, on with Recky at the time, and we're just like doing nothing you know just because that's the main effort was oif mm-hmm. and uh you know but I, I don't envy that part at all i wanted to be over there and i wanted to kind of help out but man being have being having i don't like that chemical threat i think that's like the worst. yeah you know having to having your mask handy and uh, being in j-list all the time is like yeah ugh. Yeah. yeah, the only thing cool about it was, you know, you're a ranger panties and brown t-shirt underneath it. So it was oh, right, right. Yeah. horrible. But that's what I say like for like the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, for the entire month we were uh 
um, just rolling, wearing that constantly. Um, and then did anybody ever, to, was there any threat at all? Did anybody, did they launch anything? Was there any, did you guys come into any contact with, um, was with NBC threat at all after not NBC, NBC, <laughs> not, uh, not intentionally. Um, we were <laughs> leaving. So we, again, got to another area. There was Intel of there, you know, there was, uh, an ex, you know, whatever unit that was supposed to be there again, just came upon equipment, not individuals. So we stopped, uh, started taking, uh, assessment of everything, you know, what, you know blow the equipment place. What do you take with us? What do we destroy? Um, so during that time, you know, we were just set up a perimeter security. Um, I think it was third platoon, uh, it's probably Gene, everything we we're talking about what to do or just getting, um, uh, waiting for the guy. And so, you know, we were breaking out MREs and eating them. Um, and a couple of guys were eating on the hood of the, uh they're uh they're the same humvees like just totally um light skin yeah. no windows no doors um they were eating emery's in their hood and decision made okay we're gonna roll back try another place so you know everybody packed up um and then as we were driving like guys were like my eyes are burning like holy you know they start getting calls over the radio like the driver said his eyes are burning the tc's eyes were burning um the guys in the seats behind him said they didn't feel anything yet um sort of like are we getting oh, is this happening finally are we getting gassed but nobody else in the vehicle or the rest of the platoon was like getting hit so we stopped and we're looking at them they're, they're like crying um they, well they had stopped because he, he couldn't really see anything plus no windshield with the dust was like yeah. he was just caking his eyes and his uh eye pro uh come to find out like we we're looking around the vehicle see what's going like he as he was eating his MRE, he ripped open the crushed red prepper um to dump it in his to dump it in his meal and left that packet on the hood <laughs> so, as though so, you know he's driving there's no windshields the crushed red just starts flying <laughs> so that was that was our uh that was our nbc thread oh my god I knew it had to be something like that. Yes. I could. I was waiting to see what you were gonna say. It had to be yeah. like I was thinking like Tabasco sauce or something. But the <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. This is a the NBC. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. <laughs> but so that was NBC. That um, Billy was able to outside of the incident with Russ and Ian and Ryan. Um, later on, we were doing more patrols, more block positions. Um, he and I actually were um, between two block positions. Uh, I don't know why we kept setting up this way, <laughs> but we were between two block positions and, uh, we were, you know, they were letting cars through and then we were, uh, uh, with the company CP and we, so, you know, so I, I think what would it have the vectors or whatever. So I was just looking through and the vehicle stopped again. I was like, mother, um, and I, man, I, from the time he had eighth ends on to engagement was it felt like seconds. Like, really? I don't know. Yes. I don't know if it was, what was he engaging. Like what, 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 was, I, I, uh, like what happened? Like, so you were in a block, you were in between the positions and yes. then what was the threat? Like, what was he, where were you guys shooting at? I think, uh, another OP called in and said, Hey, um, there's a white tank in the back of the car, like a, like a gas tank, a propane oh, okay. tank or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, Threat enough, you know, big enough threat for us. ROE was outside of, you know, ROE was, um, if it's a threat, especially vehicle borne, go for it. So, um, 
I don't like at that time, like we, it wasn't like throughout the beginning, you know, later on the war it was just like constant caps of aircraft, you know, yeah, yeah. Beginning of the war, they were doing, you know, especially um, all the aircraft were hitting strategic threats, operational threats, you know, before we were, you know. Um, so it, it, yeah, especially if you weren't like on an active mission. You yes. were kind of in a, yeah. in a blocking like, position. Uh, yeah, maybe they were holding just nearby, but uh, Billy had him on the radio super quick. Um, I called him in. He, I remember, like, I don't know if, uh and you gotta talk to him about it because he's like i don't know if i cleared them but they engaged uh it, it was all but it was all like perfect because the secondaries out of that like no car should explode that without like uh extra uh um like ex explosive material inside a car like there's no yeah. way yeah, it was, yeah, Wait, it was so you're saying that in addition to the tank, it's like they just okay. popped over the horizon, engaged the car, and it was like it was just all like like a fireball. Yeah, well, no, it was just like it was just like a, it was all meant to happen like that. So, like, it was crazy. He was because uh, the, they came out of nowhere, like literally. Yeah. And, and Billy, like I, I have obviously a different recollection of it. Billy probably was talking to him for hours for all I know. Because right. <laughs> I was just in my vector, like, oh, yep, there's another car. How far is that? Beep, oh, 85 meters. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I could I could have just been not tuned in what was going on. But it felt like yeah, yeah. aircraft, explosion, big explosion. I was like, holy cow. So, yeah. yeah. He was yeah, he was all he was always on it from the, the night in Asadabad to this. Yeah, he was. And obviously, he gone on to do big things too that's um, awesome that uh, he was with you uh in abad and then yeah this one too. that's awesome yeah and that's that's and kind of like the way we used to work um and not to get away from everything but that was yeah. that's what i loved about the rangers was that like you the guy you had in the training you know when you're going through all those rehearsals was the same guy you're going to have on the mission you know so it, it wasn't like a new guy you had to get used to or or whatever which is i like that construct i think that's a good way to go and and i don't think I don't think everybody, there, a lot of other people don't, or a lot of other units don't do it that way. Not because they don't want to, but just inherent. It's just for whatever reason they can't do it. But we have, it's a unique situation there with you know first, second, and third Ranger battalions that we they had the Air Force guys that are embedded with them, and I think it works out really well that way. Like you said, I mean you you see the same faces, you see that you know you work together, and I mean obviously we had a great working relationship, so. Yeah, I just think that that construct seems to work a little better than, you know, getting a new guy, you know, yeah. a guy rolling up at the last minute and be like, all right, you're up, you're with us. And it's like, who are you? I don't know anything about you. You know, yeah. you may be awesome, but until you show me that you're awesome, I don't know if you're awesome. You know, you yeah. suck. Too, so, yeah. Like the previous 17th guys leading up to, especially your generation, and then obviously everything I've done since, like, it, I, I, just the way the standard was set for you guys to interact with your aligned company or, and now platoon. Now um, platoon yeah. Yeah. So it, like just knowing tech crew field as a whole, like you get so many tasks and so many, so it's hard to stay with the same conventional unit at all times, mm -hmm. but right. the way you guys were, yeah, it just, it, thank God you guys were able to set that up, especially moving on, you know, because that just kept trickling down, trickling on trickling down yeah, to the yeah. point where it's, it, it is just what you do. It's not like 
uh, yeah, they've got a, you know, what, what are they doing? A, a jump on a, a Lawson and then rucking back. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. you did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah. Well, it, exactly. N- number one, we wanted to do it, but also the leadership wouldn't let us get out of it. You know, it was like, yeah. it was like a twofold kind of thing. Like we're yeah. all in it. We wanted, we wanted to be that guy that we didn't want to be the dude that was like always missing or, you know, didn't do yeah. the, the hard stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, speaking of that, so yeah. do you want to uh, touch on Eglin at all, or do you? I mean, we kind of t- we kind of covered that a little bit. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's a nice time to transition from Army to Air Force. Like, we're, yeah, you're talking, it, it really you know, was. Um, I, you know, conventional TACP. So, yeah, yeah, tell me about that. So, you went to Eglin. You worked with yeah. a bunch of great TACP. Oh, amazing! Uh, guys. You know, legends. Let's just yes. say. So then, with that that small unit initially was it's just a test and evaluation squadron, really. Um, initially, it was called uh, JCAS Joint Close Air Point Joint Close Air Point Joint Test Team. So JCAS JTT, and okay. we just set up to test and evaluate equipment, um, TTPs, a lot of doctrine writing, like the 309.3, the revamp. Remember, uh, it went from procedural control to then Type One Two Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Before yep. I got there, obviously. Uh, but they had, that a huge, they had a huge part in, you know, making sure uh, it went down that road, you know? Okay. Um, so um, doctrine publications, um, Chuck, especially, I got to go on a lot of TDYs with him with equipment testing. Um, he was light years ahead of uh, where the career field was in his vision, of, yeah. especially with the uh, equipment. Um, so he set up a lot of, uh, testing like they was contractors and defense companies reached out to him to you know have us test equipment like uh when the dagger first came out we were doing a lot of testing with that with this interface with laser range finders um we were finding you know um uh problems with problems with that especially like people were relying solely on um the range finder for direction and azimuth not knowing that the azimuth is thrown off by your equipment so we were doing uh-huh. tests with that stuff um, so a lot of testing of equipment, um, yeah, it's been, and then it, it went from, so, uh, that fell under, like, uh, it's not any, around anymore, but GIFCOM, um, mm-hmm. used to be in, up in Newport news. Um, so they saw all the good things, uh, this small team was doing and kind of made it grow and eventually became J fits like joint fires, integration, interoperability team. Um, and again, just expand other roles into um, all services, uh, testing equipment, um, going to training centers, looking to see how they can, lack of a better term, shorten the kill chain, work the kill chain, you know. Yeah. Um, Army Air Force integration was always a big thing, uh, yeah. at least on the conventional side. So we we went out to NTC a lot to like um, almost be an OTC uh, for uh, the TACBs and JTACs that were um, out doing their training out there. So it was a good experience because um, I had never oh, yeah. been on that side. We rarely did any soft type stuff. So the conventional side was uh, totally foreign to me. And it was, uh-huh. so it was good to see that side. Yeah. 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 That was good. Yeah. Um, what a cool, great really unique situation yeah. given your career path. You know, like yeah. you, you were able to get a, a feel for what you were going to get into. You know, it wasn't just like yep. the, a surprise when you got conventional so yeah 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 and yeah at that time i like i uh uh so i made e7 um got down to uh eglin and then you know met my future ex-wife we you know had my first son um 
and at that point i i was trying i tried to go up to 160th um but the uh branch manager for 13 foxes was like man until they get the books fixed like they were bringing on bodies that weren't on books and the branch manager was um a conventional guy normally uh the two previous guys that like came from regiment so they knew like all right you can he can throw bodies up there and not a problem yeah, um, yeah. wait so, who, yeah who went up there uh, uh emery went there um yeah he went there um in like 2000 early 2001 um and then josh thomas went up there um later um after iraq after the uh, iraq invasion you know up there there's only two there was uh those only two like from the company anyways i know i, I know okay. other guys up there yeah there I used to be the techie slots up there oh yeah right that's yeah. right yeah 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 i keep forgetting about that stuff okay all right so yeah. then uh that didn't work out that didn't work out so i was like well and then so i was at two years in down at that joint assignment and the branch was like hey uh you're coming up for reassignment we're gonna send you on a mitt team which was like that was 2005 2006 uh uh the, they were military transition teams so they would take six different mls's from the army like infantry army art, artillery engineer uh log calm whatever um 12 people so two in each mos bring them together at fort riley kansas just different people from different units that were up for assignment uh make them train for 30 days together uh in an advising role and then send them to like live with uh, like an iraqi battalion uh and you know advise that iraqi battalion okay so, yeah, I was like, that's not happening. I'm not. <laughs> so I uh, I decided to get out. And um, in December of 2006, I separated from the Army uh, and just started, like, no real plan, honestly. My wife at the time, you know, uh, she was active duty Air Force over at Herbie. So okay. we were good there. Uh, my son was uh, almost one at that point, um, my oldest. So it was honestly kind of probably pretty good because i get to spend time with them yeah um, for sure yeah so when i left regiment got to eglin uh total culture shock like obviously going from fort benning to an air force then right. uh, uh an atc base at that too or afrl base sorry it was an afrl base so it was totally different right yeah not even herbie it was like yeah yeah yeah, like yeah. Super so I thought, yeah i thought it would be a great break um because i made 87 like i couldn't stay in regiment uh, there was already a uh battalion of Sensio who just got there mm -hmm. uh, or just moved that position from within the battalion and uh regiment obviously you know it was regiment headquarters was already full up so i was gonna have to go somewhere um yeah. uh so Actually, Mo hooked me up and got me this job down at Eglin. Nice. Now that'd be cool because, like I said, we were like either deployed or training or doing something for the for almost two years. And then uh, I got to get there, and it was yeah, I thought it was gonna be a good break, but I just wasn't ready for that transition because it was like I'm around uh, nice people, like the tech bees there were great, but like the Air Force, like I just I felt like these people are the wars going on, you know. I was right, like. Right. Yeah, so well, was, out of touch. It seems yeah, like, yeah, I was, yeah. I was like, man, it's uh, that happens though. I mean, it really does yeah. happen. They just, um, and no hit on them. They're just no, no, no. Like, they, they just yeah. don't, they, they don't get 
they they know kind of something's happening, but unless you're involved, it's yeah. kind of out of sight, out of mind, really. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's funny. You're a little frustrated, I, probably. <laughs> I ran into uh, what's it called, like Dutch Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, down there. Uh, he was yeah, uh, the uh, one, he was, one of the Italian Alos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was yep. cool. I had lunch with him one day. Um, so it was cool to catch at least with somebody I knew. Um, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Friend. It was just yeah. It was a totally different world. Um, and I. Didn't have a lot of time to process everything that happened in those last few years, you know, because it was so busy. And then hitting the brakes like that, I just, uh, oh yeah, we're just an angry individual for a while. <laughs> right. For no reason, I, I don't know. I, I was, well, not for no reason. Honestly, like, I, go through that. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. we talked about that. I was talking about that with um, with Brandon Temple, and he was, you know, guys, you know, it's like you, you're going, 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 and then you don't know what to do with yourself if when you're not going. You know what yeah. I mean? You have, and that it can be frustrating, and it's just, and we don't. I mean, I don't know. You probably knew about more than I did, but we don't know how to process it. Like, we don't know like what to do next. So, yeah, no, it's totally understandable that they you would yeah. go through that for sure. I was like in the green. I was in, you know, I was in for living in for living in Shalimar, like on the beach, like on the water. It was awesome, but I would just like find myself. I would just like stay in my little one bedroom apartment most of the time. I would hardly ever go out. Uh, so I really didn't take advantage of what I should. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for well and Destin, but uh, yeah, so um. All that, and then you know, finally decided to separate from the army uh, in two thousand December of '06. Um, and like I said, work construction for a little bit. Um, got hired on as a contractor at JFit, um, so that was good. And then uh, my wife got a job up, uh, was getting assigned to Fort Bragg. Uh, so we moved it there, and uh, Dennis like worked it to where I could be like uh, working at the 18th ASOG um as a like a jfit lno um nice. so i could still get it was like he he jobbed it man he was awesome he would come yeah. up and visit like for a site survey every once in a while um yeah just a solid dude who helped me out a lot get me you know make sure i still had a job when i moved so it was cool it was great nice. and, and then you know so being a civilian contractor um at the 18th asog you know i met uh mike griff um he was there jeff Leahy. Got to know him really well and still friends with him. Um, and, you know, just started meeting more active duty tech B versus, um, especially over the, you know, the 14th was moving from where they were uh, behind over the other side of the airfield to across from the 18th ASOG. So I started meeting more active duty tech B at the time. Um, and then when I was going through the divorce, um, really regarded getting out in the first place. I don't think I ever should get got out. Um, yeah. So I was like, this is a prime opportunity for me to go back in. Um, and just that whole process took a while. The recruiter, like the Air Force recruiter, honestly didn't know what to do with a prior service guy. So, and and I had to rely a lot. Like Chief Long helped me out a lot um, nice. with recommendation letters or just people he knew that could, you know, he could knock on a door for me and, be, and you know, get me through one more gate, you know. And I try a little bit more and then he'd get me through another gate. So he was like instrumental in getting me back in there for or getting me into oh, the air force back in the service yeah yeah but uh, yeah it was uh, he was a huge huge help nice yeah and then when i get the schoolhouse he's the uh, superintendent down there. <laughs> perfect <laughs> yeah that's cool <laughs> yeah so then you went to the schoolhouse yep. um you didn't that's, really need to go any other any other training really i mean you know kind of uh, that stuff out oh i had to go see her because <laughs> that's right yeah, people think like regiment is a uh, uh, very rarely do. I, I don't know about now, but very rarely, 
even back then, it was super rare for even squad leaders, team leaders to go through SEER. Um, uh, so it just wasn't a requirement for us to do. Um, so I had to go, yeah, I went to, uh, where is it? Up in Washington. So, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, Spokane. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I did, did that. No, that's really the only thing I need to I did that eventually. I, I did that after I got to the 14th just because I was, you know, waiting on slots. And um, actually, I was lucky enough because, uh, like, start of the schoolhouse, uh, I was already given orders to Fort Bliss, the seventh-day sauce. Oof. Which it is what it is, uh, but um, Chief Long sat me, you know, sat me to ask me, you know, if you can go anywhere, where would you want to go? And I didn't know the lore of the 14th, um, or you know, but I said, if you can get me Fort Bragg, that's cool because my son was still up here. Um, and lo and behold, yeah, it's like I didn't even get to change the orders. Like I showed up with Fort Sill or uh, Fort Bliss orders when I handed them to the CSS when I got to the 14th. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Miss Libby Schillinger, she's awesome. She's wife, really good wife. Our friends with my wife, and like, she's like, "What? You're supposed to be at Fort Bliss." I was like, "I don't." They here I am. Come here, so here yeah. I am. Yeah. No, but it worked I mean, out well. I think it is like that. Once you get to the place, it's kind of like, "Well, you're here yeah. now, so let's sign you in." Yeah. Man, yeah. How was that? How was the 14th? I, that, uh, I've never been stationed there, but I, I went to Jump Master School there at the um, at the group course, and then uh, I've been there several times, just like you know doing training and stuff. But yeah, it's always been like a real stellar unit. Like there's yeah. a bunch of hard chargers that are like you know, absolutely, especially the young guys. Like I got there in 2011, so it was like guys were it was you know in the middle of uh, Afghanistan and Iraq, still hottest can be so guys yeah. were someone you know on their fifth sixth appointment and they've only been in seven years maybe they got you know the guys were just and some of you know they wanted to that you know uh things weren't really well established you know if guys wanted to you know the dwell time wasn't really i get you know looked at hard back then yeah. i think so uh they started cracking down on it more but you know if a guy went on a nine month he'd go on leave come back get greened up again, then uh, volunteer for another one. You'd be right back out the door. So there was hard, absolute hard chargers for sure. Um, uh, And me being new to the, like how the air force works and I, I'll still never grasp around it. Um, But it was, it was great. So there were hard chargers, young guys, new kids coming in, we're getting deployments um, as, uh, as romance, not even as, you know, they're getting romantic because their experience would, you know, just it made it that much better as they further their career. And, um, so, you know, guys were getting JTAC deployments, guys were getting romantic deployments. People are just deploying constantly, which was awesome. Um, yeah. I um, took over the UTM, stayed there for about a couple of years. And so running a program, I thought it was like my only, so they said, oh, okay, you got UTM. I was like, what did that training shop? I was like, cool. I can run training. I know how to do that. No idea what AFI was. I had no idea what um, the 621s, I think, were the folders. And, you know, everything's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but whatever they were. I, I said, no, I'll just take guys out to the field and run through scenarios or show them how to shoot or something. Totally not was I ex- what I expected. <laughs> so <laughs> big learning curve. I thought I did great once I got the hang of it. Um, uh, so I did, did did that for a couple of years, um, which is awesome. Um got the experience I needed. Like if I would have stayed at an operational flight, I would have just Heisman, like all the st- stuff I should have been learning about the Air Force, especially, sure. you know, cause I came in as a tech 
Um, right. Uh, so there's stuff I should have already known that had I stayed in an operational flight, I probably would have just like, I don't need to, I just need to be a JTAC and deploy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, yeah, was the case because guys, that's what guys were doing. They were becoming JTAC deploying and, you know, programs are falling back. Um, mm -hmm. you know, paperwork was, so it was, it, honestly, it was good for me to get up there so I could see what, the, how things were supposed to be, at least how the Air Force wanted things ran. Um, yeah. And then I eventually got back down to a flight. Um, and then uh, 2014, um, we deploy like we had a small contingent of us deploy with uh, First Brigade out of the 82nd. Um, it was the what they call it the TRF, the Theater Response Force. Okay. Um, basically, at that time, we thought uh, things were winding down in Afghanistan. Um, yeah. So our really our mission was to go around and basically fob hop and help them shut down fobs, let them retrograde while we would hold the fob, like super austerely, everything would be shut down. We'd hold perimeter, they would retrograde back to bath or wherever, and then we'd collapse back in and um, uh, go back to bath as well after they left. Um, so that was the plan going in. And we did that a few times. Um, Gosney was probably the biggest one. Um, most like that was great. That was that was still being uh, a kinetic AO, which was awesome. Um, so, but also like it was super frustrating because the EA sauce. Like we had to beg, really almost like I had to be like threatened being sent back because I wanted like I was fighting for my guys to go outside the wire. Man, it was like I don't understand. That's the part of the Air Force I didn't understand. Like yeah. why can't my JTAX outside the wire. Like, I, why do I it have almost, to? Would you say it was, it was almost, like almost criminal? Oh, 100%. It was, yeah. to me, it was almost criminal. Like, I, I well, you know, you've got the PTAs. Yeah. Well, once they go out of sight, well, then you've got comms. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. that's their job. And it's, yeah. it, yes, we're trying to protect, we're trying to save lives. We're trying to protect our guys. But, it, at some point, they have to go work, you know, like, yes. on, you know, do some work. Yeah. And if, bother me especially coming from regiment and because we had the working state relationship with you guys like i can't like look this three in the face and say no your guys are more expendable than my right. staff sergeant yeah they can go but you know i have to keep my guys back here we'll we'll stay in the talk and control from here that was man that was that frustrating. yeah that was frustrating we were able i mean it eventually like i think we just find that i was like we had to come up with like the five W's of why my guys had to go out. And I just finally just cookie cutter them every time. It was like, yeah, yeah. you know, Pete is not available. Com's not available. It uh, should be the, like, uh, the JFO doesn't have UHF. Like one W like yeah. because the, the army is going because out and they need a JTAC deal with, exactly. with them. Yeah, exactly. So it was, yeah. Um, so eventually like it, it got to the point where like, I, I would just honestly send my guys out and then like on the back end, just justify it later. Um, so it was good. They, they act, uh, um, Hauser, um, he was a staff sergeant at the time, I think, or senior airman. Um, he's at 17th now. Solid, okay. solid dude. Um, he's gonna, yeah, he's, he's, he's one to, uh, keep an eye on, um, because of the great things he's gonna do. Like he's, he's on track, man. Um, yeah. but yeah, he was, you know, he's able to go out, uh, and a couple young guys that were able to go out with their companies, um, and, and, 
actually get controls in. You know, they were able to call in from outside the wire. I was able to get some dock controls as well. So that was cool. <laughs> I actually stole Hauser's, like, Hauser was, uh, was, I was getting ready to replace him on shift and like something kicked off. There was a platoon in contact. I think, uh, unfortunately, like a uh, platoon sergeant um, was killed during this time. Um, so we had, we just had a bunch of assets on. Um, and so I was, you know, sitting back, I'm not going to like take over his control while he's, you know, even though shifts over, you know, how it is like, I'll just, you know, sure. when you're ready to jump in, I'll jump in. I'll just pay attention right now. So he was, uh, working it, um, had A10s holding, um, was working with the S3. Uh, I don't know why he stepped away from his desk, but, uh, so was, he's like, Hey man, can you just monitor real quick? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Time he came right. I launched the 65 and we were able to kill these dudes. And Hauser walked back in. He's, I'm like, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like, no one gets to shoot those. Like, that's yeah. like, yes. you know, that's like the, the holy grail yeah. of ordinance yeah. to shoot. In like and there was no, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was uh, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, man. Here's the mic. <laughs> so that was funny but he's yeah he, he was eventually uh able to get a bunch of controls in that rotation that was honestly um especially 2014 um when the asos was stamping down and people going outside the wire like we were we were able to at least get you know the 1504 like they were they invited us to their ball uh, after redeployment, oh, they did not. They they absolutely loved the sport they had. So to me, that was a success. Honestly, Heck yeah, yeah. Heck so, yes. And I'm still uh, not you know Facebook friends with a few of the um, individuals from there and and Instagram and stuff like that too. So it it's cool to see you know that relationship is still possible. You know, yeah. And without the bureaucracy in the way, so it was that was it was a, that was a fun deployment for sure. That's good. Yeah. It's like a double edged sword, though. It's like you're you're happy that they look at you in such high regard because you did support them so well, but it's like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to be doing. You know, like they, yeah. it should have been that way the whole time. So like, yeah. it's, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, my hair lost started coming, coming in hard. Cause it was, yeah, that was, I never deal with that dude. Like I, I, I would never understand that train of thought. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It was, there's I mean, just there's a lot of stuff that goes into it and a lot of, I think maybe like with regiment, it's very streamlined. You know, you yeah. have, the regiment, then you have the battalions, and you have the companies, and blah blah blah. But with with air with the air force guys, there's a lot of move. A lot of people have their hands in it, you know. Like there's a lot of people that are, you know, that you have to get the approval to let a guy go outside the wire, and then that guy might not have the whole picture, or he might not he might not be from the same background as us. So he he is like like I said before, is like real risk averse, you know. That the yeah. whole does he really need to go out? I can't I can't afford to lose this guy. It's like look, yeah, I'm glad you think that. We don't want to lose him either. But, but it's, it's we're not we don't think it's a situation where the guy's going to get lost you know what i mean yeah. like it's like this is his job everybody else, and like you said what does that say about those army guys like well yeah. this air force i mean yes you may have a, a certain specialty but the whole point of a jtac is to is to protect those guys like so <laughs> like that's like they don't have that protection like yeah you can do it from the talk but you don't have sa you you know what you know what's going on on the ground you, you yep. know you are looking essentially through a soda straw at this thing yeah, um, you're not, you know, you're not talking to the people around you. You don't have, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm with you. I think it, there's something to be said about protecting guys, but at the end of the day, they have a job to do. And that JTAC is there to protect other guys. So, you know, yeah. he doesn't need to be protected. He needs to do the protecting, I guess. Yeah. Kind of- yeah. He's, with that, yeah. Everything that they, 
they bring. It's just a force multiplier, and it's it's so. I mean, it's not just controlling aircraft. Like uh, guys are bringing in, you know. Unfortunately for that, uh, you know, we had two incidents. Yeah, the you know, Earth had two KIs during that deployment. So it was, it was like I said, it was pretty. It was a pretty heavy deployment. Um, yeah. And at a time when American casualties were really on the downslide, and you know, we were, you know, it's the eighty second, so they're just like kicking hornets' nests, you know. Uh, yeah. So, which was awesome. Unfortunately, sure. I say that, but uh, with a, a couple unfortunate incidents. Um, but yeah, they were bringing in uh, medevacs. You know, it's it's not just bringing in aircraft. Like they're right. It, it, just you having that radio on your back and yeah. the knowledge to use it in several different ways, it, like you said, is a force yeah. multiplier. Yeah. I mean, you're you're an outstanding asset. To, yeah, yeah. To so, any, you know, yeah, uh, it was disheartening at first, but uh, once the deployment got rolling, and uh, I think. Honestly, I think we just wore out the EA sauce leadership to they didn't want to do this anymore. Like fine. Yes. Go out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah once the point we got rolling, um, it was going great. That was it, it that was a nine month deployment, so it was way, you know, longer than I thought. Or not yeah. longer than I'm used to, sorry. We knew it was gonna be a long deployment. Um yeah, so uh did that and then got back in November. So we uh, deployed February two thousand fourteen. I got back in November. Um a couple of guys got back after me, um, and then uh, I yeah I got back because my ex wife was actually training up to do like a, a deployment. Um, so I was like, well, my son is not going to have anybody. You know, our deployments are going to overlap mine at the end, hers at, at the beginning. So I was like, talk to the leadership, and luckily at that point, the leadership switched out, so we were good <laughs> with the new EASOS leadership. And I was like, hey, I, and it, part of me felt like. like at that point, we all re, uh, reconvened back at Bath, so there wasn't so much going on. But still, I I felt selfish, like asking if I could go back, like take the first flight out with a, you know, with my yeah. unit, because I was like, one, my, you know, my son's not gonna really have any. Well, he's gonna have, you know, maybe his grandparents up there, and uh, they were gonna come down from Michigan. But I was like, also, his birthday is in between. Is like, is it cool? I, I don't know why I just felt selfish asking, but at the same time, I knew it was the right decision. You know, yeah, exactly. Sometimes there's two right decisions and one, you know, st staying because you're, you want, you don't want to, you know, jump the line for your, mm -hmm. some other guys that you yeah. know, may need to rotate back, but also you, you have another human that you're in charge of. That's your, you know, he, uh, he's your responsibility. So I, I don't think that I, I don't personally feel there's anything wrong with that. You know, I think you, I think you made the right decision by going back and cause I mean, if it was like closer even to the latter end, like we knew, like guys were already starting to get manifested, but still, you know, like you're, you're supposed to be the leader. You should be the, you know, first one there, last one to leave, I, you know, yeah, yeah. army mentality. But it, if it was like maybe closer in the middle of deployment, I probably wouldn't even mention it. But at the end, yeah, I, I think you're winding down, was, you're rotating yeah, out. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah, that, that got done in uh, November of 2014. And I got back and then, uh, uh what happened after that yeah just uh the deployments were dying down honestly um like people were starting to scramble like even people even volunteering for like the year-long like um nato level like at uh Maseri or down at calf or something like that yeah. um just for deployment so um that was 15 and 16 yeah and then i, I actually eventually 2016 i went over it took the asoc flight which was another like new thing 
Yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was a that was a trip. That was fun though, honestly. Like you learn something new. It's a new leadership challenge because the majority of the personnel in the ASOC are not one trolley fours. Um it was right, all three right. Ds, um, ABMers, like I had no idea. Like they were always off in the peripheral while I was in the 14th, you know. But, sure. Like you had, you know, but actually dealing with them day in and day out, they're honestly they, they want a challenge like everybody else. So it was, it was cool. It was, it was, it was, that was rewarding for sure. Taking over that flight. I was able to bring in tech you know, some JSX I wanted. Um, and we were, you know, their, um, status didn't stop. Their jumping didn't stop anything like that was, that was part of the agreement and they got extra trading on the side. So that was cool. Yeah. 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 A lot of people shy away cause it's like the higher level, you know, and it's like yeah. not the cool, the cool guy mission, but you, I was talking to somebody else about this. You learn, um, a different aspect like kind of like you don't get that picture when you're like you said when you're down to the 14th or you're down yeah. to squadron level or you're down a company or whatever you don't see what they're looking at they're looking at this big bigger picture and how to deconflict airspace and like you know just uh you know do the things that you take for granted yeah. as a guy on the ground you know like yep. i just want this air and give it to me and they're like there's a lot of moving pieces that that has that have to happen that they all have to line up and be coordinated and by a, a bunch of smart guys to make it you with your little piece you know that to help yeah. your little piece out so yeah yeah that's a it's a it's a big animal an important thing too i mean i didn't well, I, yeah. I i didn't realize that before. no yeah it, i mean we're spoiled because I mean, right. even, even in 2014 even you know there was you know just dudes were flying in circles they were caps you know <laughs> yeah you, you've got this keypad and i knew like you used, so i you know outside of you know soft missions going on that would pull them as priority uh i knew like nine times out of ten if i wanted something i would just you know it would be there in minutes you know right super quick chat and it was there and i didn't care how i got there i just knew uh <laughs> yeah exactly so, you didn't yeah. see what kind of strings totally totally totally, totally take it for granted yeah for sure yeah. Yeah. yeah but then you got to get up there and see what you yep. know, see how to pull back the curtain and see how it all works and yeah, yeah. So then, then you went from ASOC to did you yeah, so, went to Korea? Then yeah. Uh, so there's still you know uh, they were like reconciling all the ASOC. So I took over the flight, and then in 2017, um, I went to Korea. Um, uh, was there for a year until 2018 at uh, Camp Red Cloud. That was okay. uh, that was pretty cool. Weishambu was a cool little town. I was older, yeah. married, uh, or you know remarried again at that point with another kid. So. Uh, did, I didn't live it up as others, which was fine with me. Totally fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was at Weejambu for about six months and yeah. back in the mid nineties. And uh, yeah, it can, it can be as off the hook as you want it to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you, like I was a single dude and I was very susceptible to, you know, uh, suggestions. So, yeah. you know, yeah. So it was like, we were, yeah, but I can understand, but I, I would love to go back as a, you know, an older guy, like kind of like you mm -hmm. were just to kind of see it in a different way, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. think I experienced it uh, as much as I could have, but how was your, how was it for you? I mean, what? It was cool. I, um, like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like outside of like, uh, so honestly having the ASOC experience going to working at division level was oh yeah super beneficial, even though it was with uh, another, you know, uh working with the korean asoc even though sure. uh, yeah it was crazy like the exercises there like were so frustrating 
<laughs> Even just controlling uh, was frustrating. You know, trying yeah, to yeah. yeah, but it was it was cool. Um, working at division level, a lot of uh, war fighters and staff X's and you know right, right. comics is going on. Um, that and then controlling out there was awesome. It was great. Yeah. Um, you I, know, I loved it. I did like that part of yeah. it. Yeah. Like uh, you could go anywhere. Yeah. Like, you know, just pull over in the well, side. Like just the lengths you had to go. No, I only really I guess here at the States too, because um there's not a lot of squadrons around uh army bases anymore, so you still have to travel. Um so yeah, it's real insane. It's what's the the only crappy thing was the the one live range you had to drive like four hours one way to I forget what it was called. I just brained up everything, honestly. Was it one live or was it uh yeah, it was further south? Um yeah, I don't know. I, I know yeah. what you're talking about though. Yeah, yeah, but so you know, even if it was just like 15 minutes to get greened up and then <laughs> drive back four hours. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but the job was cool. Um seeing things at that level, especially um in that theater was cool. Um right. like and like on the non-job side, like you know, you got to go to the DMZ, that was pretty neat. Um going to Seoul, going down to uh uh what was the base it's not like the Dragon Lodge. It was like a it was uh where was it? Not Casey. Wherever it was. It was like this uh, American hotel on a small or it was like the oh, really uh, nice hotel on uh Youngsun. Was it Youngsun? No. Youngsun, yep. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool to go down to and you had uh um Itaewon was Itaewon outside the gate. One, yeah, yeah, yeah. Course, yeah. So that was cool. I it went down there a couple times. Uh, again, nothing crazy. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. It, the, the thing I loved about it was um, those places like Itaewon and like Seoul and all. It was mm -hmm. so much different than Weijambu because you're like Weijambu yeah. is kind of like a little small community or like a small town. Then you go down there, it's like it almost reminds you kind of like a Tokyo or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't, it was cool. Like, cause it's such a walkable town. It was huge. Mm -hmm. It was huge, but like, you could just walk anywhere. It was great. Like, yep. right outside the base. Um, you know, go down Osan a couple times. Obviously, like, uh, just you know, PT test, meeting with group, um, stuff like that. Um, I I, uh, I forget what side. It just it was just bigger. I didn't like it. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to go back to my little safe bubble. <laughs> right. <up. laughs> uh, the Air Force wasn't there either. So it was nice. Um, yeah, yeah. We, I was honestly. Um, as I was leaving, we were in the process, the squadron in the process of moving down to Humphreys. Um, okay. And Rick Clyde was closing. So luckily I missed. Wow. Um, yeah, by the, like I missed in, in July, I left. So like by that Christmas, I think they were already fully down in Humphreys, I believe. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. It was cool. Like even, like even TRC, like it was so small, but it was cool. Like the yeah. bunker, like you, that, uh, yep. uh, the trail that went along the outside that you walked up to the bunker. There's so much. Yeah, it's cool. It's such a small town. Yeah. Cool little, cool little post. So you spent a year there. Spent a year there. Back. And then halfway through, um, uh, actually near the end of it. So I found out, uh, I made master. So I made master before I left Korea. Um, and then got assigned to, um, the 10th day sauce at Fort Riley. So left Korea to July, 2018, uh, Came back to North Carolina. My family moved up to High Point um, while I was gone. Because my wife's from um, Asheboro, or okay. outside Asheboro. So she had family up around that area. So uh, moved her closer to family. And she was going to school and working. Um, she was just separated from the Air Force. Um, so she, you know, 
school and working, taking care of the kids. Um, I had both my kids at that, uh, sons at that time living with us. Um, and then, yeah, so I got back from Korea, came back to North Carolina, packed up the house, took a little leave to see family. And then, you know, we drove out to, uh, Kansas. It was there for How was that? Kansas, honestly, uh, different. Uh, I enjoyed the area. The unit was um, great. We had a great commander when I got there. Colonel Healy was awesome. Uh, the DO was awesome. Colonel Chung, Chang, sorry. Um, my flight commander, um, he's still in. He's up in Washington. Um, Captain Woodruff, great dude. Um, yeah. Like 13 Limas, uh, when they they started coming around 2011, 2012, probably, right? I think, yeah, so. I think so. He's, yeah. Um, he's, a, he's, he's a great guy. Like, he... Uh, I just don't think there's enough, like there's building up mentorship in the, at, with 13 Lumas to uh -huh. like generation, generation, you see them getting better anyways with leadership. Sure. Sure. Um, yep. So he's at that point where he's going to be a stellar dude as he progresses. Nice. Um, really great guy to work with. Um, and it just the, like a lot of young guys. So that was super rewarding. Cause you got the, I got the mentor, the young guys um, help them out along with their career. Um, and then uh, I don't were you, like, the, were you like the like I was a, uh, so when I initially got there, I was the training flight NCYC, but then we okay. turned into um, Charlie flight. So the training okay. flight kind of went the training kind of went back to the operational flights and then training flight. We were able to keep most of our guys and become an operational flight. So we supported one of the and I'll see that. And that's the thing, like with the whole ad, in the conventional, my experience with the conventional ASOS is like, there is no direct um, support with like your I, like if you ask me who I'd say I supported first ID like I can tell oh, right, you right. Like, what brigade I, yeah yeah even when that's like the division level like it's yeah. this division somewhere so yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah so uh, yeah I know this yeah it's a little weird I think it used to be like when I first came in we we tried to do that like matter of fact I forgot to mention this when you mentioned uh, first Sergeant Martin. He and I were in Panama together when I first came in. Like he was down at the first the five oh eight in Panama. That's I met him down there. He was like really? a, he was an E five or E six at the time. Yeah. So That's when I got awesome. back to when I got back to ACO and I saw him, I'm like, he's like, I know you. And I'm like, Yeah, man, we're in uh, Panama together. But uh back back then we you know, I remember our guys supported the five oh eight and you know, some other, you know, another unit <clears throat> or another section of another flight in our squadron supported the first the 50 or 50 to 87 or something like that anyway we were more aligned with our army units back then and i think yeah. it kind of grew away from there not out of maybe not by design maybe it was but it seemed like there wasn't enough of us to go around you know it's kind of like the old sf uh, construct yep. where there's so many odas we, we don't have enough people to support each oda so okay what odas in the fight are right, now we're going to send a jtech with those guys so um yep. i think it kind of got now by the time you got to the 10th it was like yeah, just this division's getting supported some way. Who's in? Yeah, and, and really know who's gonna first idea. They've been. They were. They had. Um, they were big in Iraq. They were. Uh, you know, they had a, a lot of deployments in Iraq. And yeah, one, yeah. Once that stopped, it, obviously nothing in OAF. Or I'm sorry, OEF. Uh, and they started picking up the UCOM taskings. So they would send. Okay. Uh, division like they would split their division um cp and like there was all constantly a division 
CP element um, in Poland, like just oh, okay. rotating for years. So it, you really couldn't um, really get to know because, and really it, it felt like as a whole, the 10th ASOS literally just supported the vision CPs because we were, as they were, we, uh, we, uh, as they were doing their like polling taskings, we'd send elements to support them as well. So we couldn't like just obviously just send like uh, command elements up there. So we'd have to take uh, flight uh, leadership, um, yes. you know, captains and mass sergeants, and then whatever other airmen and sergeants would want to attach. So yeah, it was it was it was like that. It was really just like what can we support? Who can support it? And we're really just supporting um, their their UCOM tasking. Okay. At the so, division level, pretty much the last thing I did um, at the 10th, it was like October 19. And I got back, I think we go back January or February. My portion, like it was supposed to be nine months, but um, mine and a couple other guys, it was only like four and a half months because we were rotating guys in. But yeah. like uh, it, earlier that year, um, like I said, uh, there's just the bucket list. The thing I wanted to uh, do is that I always wanted to see how I would do. Um, yeah. So I asked like, Luckily, there was another um, tab um, staff sergeant uh, in my flight, and we were the only two in the entire squadron. Um, so I was like, "Hey, man, you hear? Have you ever heard of best ranger competition?" <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Marco Silvera. Uh, he's, he, I'm pretty sure he has. He's like, "Yeah, well, I was like, you want to do it?" <laughs> uh, and he's a he's young kid, hard charger. He's like, "Absolutely, I don't know what it is, but let's leave right now." So he's that kind of kid, you know, just. So, but, uh, so I asked my flight commander, um, if that was, you know, a, again, a, a, for me, it felt like another selfish thing I wanted to do was like, can I take myself out of the flight for a while to train up? Well, yeah, train up and, but also for a few weeks, you know, be gone, um, yeah. for this pursuit that I want to do. Um, he was hundred percent on board with it right off the bat. Um, you know, talked to the DO, um, uh, he was on board with it and, and eventually, you know, the commander was cool with it too. And part of the reason was like, I, I felt a little selfish cause there was like a war fighter, um, scheduled like right in the middle of the competition. So I was like, dude, we're already short, man. Like guys, you know, it, it so I was like, man, this is, but this is my last one. If they were cool with it, then I was like, cool. I'll, you know, I, I'll yeah. try, I'll, we'll try if, if they were all against it and you're like trying to fight to get it, but it's yeah. already supporting you. Yeah. And it's a war fighter. It's not like, yeah. you know, it's I, not like it's I know, life but... or death, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, trained up for it. Um, a lot of lessons learned in the train up things I would have done different. Um, and the competition itself was like we had to be out there a week before the competition started as like a so there's like a whole process you have to go through you have to get checked off on certain items you know army like um uh you have to get checked off on fast roping um you have to walk through uh test condition standards pretty much of every event regardless you know yeah. of all three days so there's those that well, yeah, they'd be dumb. They're like, okay, go uh, put this 240 in operation. You're like, yeah. well, it's 240. And they're like, get the, you know, yeah, well, you'd have no, to know. Well, uh, that is, so like the, the equipment um, and the ranger tasks, like you got to know that stuff going in. Like me and Marco, okay, we would okay. go to, uh, he, thankfully he knew uh, Brigade Armor and we would go down there and mess with the 240, mess with the 50 cal, um, mess with the, uh, whatever the new, I forget what the new two or three is that, you know, um, so we were able to get hands on with that, it, but it's like, 
because some units don't fast rope. Um, right. So yeah, they make sure everybody's safe like that. Um, one thing, thankfully, they, uh, the Prusik climb and the, the whole Prusik power, like yeah. we spent two, uh, I think like two days out there, thankfully, because we just didn't have the capability to do that out in Riley. And it was still, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, if we would have made it to the Ranger Stakes Day, like I probably just embarrassed myself on that Prusik climb. <laughs> Um, that seems like the hardest thing. I, I mean, honestly, out of everything, yeah, proof of climb just seems impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If somebody, if I hadn't seen people do it, I would say yes, it's impossible. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It I mean, is. Put a ruck on my back. Let me run. Let me yep. do whatever. But that Prusik climb is crazy. Yeah. So you guys, yes. okay? So yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm all over the place. Sorry, but basically, we uh, get mission trained up. Uh, Got out there a week prior as planned. Um, our equipment was lacking, man. Um, it's it's an army competition, so everything has to be CIF issued by NSN um, in the proper uh, camel pattern. Like I had a poncho liner, a woodland poncho liner that was a proper NSN, but it wasn't the camel pattern. Like you know, they, they said it had to be at least an ACU pattern, something within the last decade. You know, I was like. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so do we like every day when we got released from, um, the, uh, like the walkthroughs, we'd like hit victory drive and like go to all the surplus shops. Ranger Joe's. Yes. Ranger Joe's, uh, <laughs> everything there and be like, you know, what do you have? Do you have this, you have this. Um, so we went out of pocket. A, uh, a I was going to say that probably got a little, little, yeah, like, well, no, like the, the most fixing thing was the ruck. Like we thought. I thought maybe just now I could add an house pack and, you know, we, um, the bars issue ruck, um, I knew wouldn't fly, but maybe we both had house pack so we can bring that dude. It had to be the Molly ruck. So we were like, they wouldn't let you use an Alice pack. No, really? Like Molly ruck. Yeah. Wow. So luckily the cool thing was like, uh, was it, no, it was another, uh, it was, um, I think Gen oh, it wasn't Ranger Joe's, but it was another one down the road, us Calvary, maybe, um, the guy's like, hey, you know, it's, you know, it was 300 bucks to buy the rocks. But he goes, if you return it the next week and you wash it first, you know, you, you can sell it back to me. And we got most of our money back. So that was cool. Oh, nice. Good yeah. Deal. So he was, he was, he was super cool about that. Um, yeah. So a lot of lessons learned um, from equipment to train up. And then the startup competition, man, it was awesome. Like it, as much as I uh, hate on the army and their timelines, like everything, you know, made sense uh yeah, yeah. just the way they especially the way to do it um i didn't want like part of it was done because it was a personal like um it's just personally i wanted to do, see if i could stack up see if like yeah i was in regiment yes you know i went through rip uh deployments and all that and black and tambourine went through that whole process yeah it was like <clears throat> i don't know for something something felt like i just had to like yeah uh, sure. yeah yeah there's just part of me that was like i i Maybe I owe it. Um, like the, uh, there's just plus. See, there's just like a, a reverence that comes with that competition yeah. and the history behind it. Um, so I just want to be part of that, honestly. And uh, it's like a secondary too. Marcos um, was an awesome partner to have. Um, but also too, like we were the only Air Force team that that year. Like the year before, there was there's a Coast Guard team, like. They were the only sister service team. So like very rarely do they get an entire sister service team. I don't think outside of 
that Coast Guard team and us. And we, you know, there's been gunny sergeants from the Marine Corps that have participated and won, but they were teamed up with like an RTB dude. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, last year regiment took like I think top six or top seven spots, and the Air Force captain was in mm-hmm. it from the 17th. Just a stud. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's partnered up with the regiment, um, army officer. So, uh, which helps a lot because oh, yeah. as much as, as much <clears throat> as you get uh, immersed in the Ranger culture or mentality or whatever, you're still an air force guy. You're not exact, you know, you're, there's mm-hmm. just a little bit that the army guys have an edge on you just cause they live it day in and day out, you know? So I can yeah. see how, yeah. Yeah. Um, so- but, yeah but, but it's cool that you guys were an air force pure team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And yeah, Did you it call was, uh, Bowley at all and get any advice from him? Uh, no, man. I'm gonna tell <laughs> you. Like, he's like, "What are you thinking? You're not. You, <laughs> you're gonna embarrass yourself." No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we did that, and you know, the morning uh, competition kicked off. Everything was going great. Um, we actually do. Um, we were doing well. We were mid, mid, end of mid pack. You know. Uh, oh. uh, but we got to the litter carry. So it started off with like a. It all starts with an unknown distance run in the first, that's normally the first thing. Uh, yeah. That year it was, uh, I believe, a total of eight miles. Um, but at the four mile mark, we thought like we were running, we saw headlights, people milling around. I was like, sweet, that's the end. We were looking at our watch. It was like, okay, we're about 30 something minutes in. We're doing good. Um, we get to the truck. They're like, here, put on this. You know, it was an old IETV, IOTV, like weighted vest. And they're like, keep going down that road. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's going and yet uh and it was funny um so we finished the run um we hear uh Sherrick, remember Sherrick? Yeah. uh ryan uh he helped us out quite a bit too um because we didn't have nods mounts uh as well for the 14 so he hooked oh. us up uh got us um so that was crucial um and he was on the sideline uh we were getting so the teams were starting to pack back up from the run waiting for Malvesi, you know, teams run through. So teams are starting to uh, pack together and there's um, where it's like, Hey man, you hear that team from regiment? And like some guy passed out after the run, like there's already one team out and it's a regiment team. I was like, get out of here. Like the dude must've just like, they must, I think they came in first on the run. And then one guy just like, he cut it out. Like exhausted. Just, yeah. exhausted. Um, turns out not the guy that passed out, but his partner, um, won it the next year oh right on no 2021 sorry because 2020 i wasn't one so 2021 i believe he won it um he was with regiment at the time he's a uh officer but i'm like i gotta tell marcus next time i see him i was like come to find out we beat a best ranger winner because he (laughs) he didn't make a pass run hey you gotta hang on to something yeah so that's yeah yeah (laughs) so that was uh took the run then you do my vesti and then go to a litter carry and that, that, I mean, that's what broke us honestly well i mean we finished the day out we didn't um we didn't you know we made it all the way through the ruck and didn't make it through the ruck, uh didn't make the cut after the ruck because they have to cut i think like 28 teams the first night we were oh, definitely, okay we were definitely in that cut so oh, okay oh so if you don't carry, make like, certain time you're listening yeah, we're, yeah. we're only taking this anybody yeah. who finishes yeah it, it's known like uh <clears throat> after the ruck which ends day one because you start like around 17 8, uh, 17 20 hundred uh that night and it goes into early morning and when they stop you it's either yeah keep going or no get on the bus so okay. i'm gonna bring you back to uh the barracks um so yeah we're yeah it is well i mean we tried we made it all the way through the end of the day so that was good i was happy about that yeah um, 
I, I mean, yeah. and, and <clears throat> the fact that you tried, the fact that you trained up, you you know, because that, I mean, as much as you have been exposed to it, it's still, there's still a lot of unknowns in that competition. I mean, and it's yeah. not like, um, it's not, there, there is nothing easy about it. Like there's no, like, you know, it's, it's all hard stuff to do. You yeah. know, it's like just amazingly hard stuff to do. Yeah. So just the attempt is commendable for sure. And yeah, yeah, that's, I, I remember, I can't remember how I found out, but I remember seeing your name on a, because I was getting like stuff, you know, like I'm on the, all those web pages or whatever. And I see like, you know, best ranger participants or whatever. I think I saw you on there. I was like, all right, cool, man. <laughs> um, yeah. I thought that was really cool. So then, um, so you did that. And then yep. when did you, how, what happened? Did you end up retiring soon after that or when yeah. did you get out? Um, so that the competition was April of 2019, uh, still the 10th. And then, so that got done. And then uh, we're building up for that deployment. So the deployment to Poland, was October 2019 to end of January, early February 2020, like right as COVID was like starting uh -huh. to become a super scare, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> we got super lucky coming back because there were guys just like a few weeks behind us, like, I don't know if they'll, you know, we were like, we we're on the phone. Like they might have got stuck. Yeah, we we're like on the phone with like embassies to try and uh, how can they get out? You know, we we're kind of overblown it, but like, yeah, we don't want these guys to. Um, so, come back and then uh, i actually pushed the re you know i applied for retirement um while i was uh in poland it was just at that point sure, sure. i was uh yeah i think it was just time man um my like my son my oldest son uh, with my first wife was uh there was all of constant like custody stuff going on yeah, so i yeah. finally had him with us like um, he was living up for a few years and I was like, well, uh, I, we didn't like, we Manhattan, Kansas was, it was nice, but it just wasn't for us. I don't think, um, uh, yeah, it was time. Um, I didn't know, we didn't want to stay in Kansas and, uh, I was getting frustrated with the air force, honestly, too. Like I was, um, it was just, wasn't what the job being tech, being JTAC was what I expected. The, sure. You know, the young kids, um, that I was, you know, able to mentor that let me mentor them was what I expected. Um, officers that, uh, wanted my advice, everything that was great, but the air force as a whole as an organization, just, it was frustrating. Um, part of it was me. Like I wouldn't just, that part of me just wouldn't conform to it. You know, <laughs> right. I didn't see a need for associates. So I was like, why do I need, you know, just the whole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're, yeah. I hear a lot of guys say stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the whole community college air force, like I, I, you need that to get, to the next level, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah. So uh, it is what it is. Um, looking back, I probably should have to avoid some of the stuff I'm going through school, but I just, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was done. So, and, and uh, it was time. It was just time. I was getting older. Um, uh, yeah. I so mean, you think about it, dude. You, like you told, like we were talking about, you made E7 twice. So, yeah. like, it's not like, I mean, that's, a, that's a pretty good career. I mean, especially like all the stuff you've done, you know, there's no, I can understand how you're like, all right, enough's enough. Like yeah, you, yeah. you get to that point where, you know, you're just uh, not burnt out, but maybe, but it's more like, it's just, there's some other, other stuff to do. You got a yeah, family now, you yeah. have young kids. I mean, you know. And I don't want, like, I, I don't want to uh, like just fake it um, at work. You know, if you like, if, if, the, if the drive's not there, then you're like, you're not doing anybody favors, especially yourself. Like you're, if you're just going to 
go through the motions and you're leading these kids the wrong way then like there's you know they deserve better than you faking it so for sure yeah, yeah. so my heart wasn't in it. honestly my heart wasn't in it so i mean that's that's commendable in and of itself yeah. that you could re- that you identified that and you're like all right i could i could just half-ass it or i could step aside and let somebody who's still hungry get in here yeah. and you know do it you know yeah because you got to think about it like the guy your peers at that point or not really your peers because you, you know, you kind of had to start at a lower level and yeah. get back to, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. you know, the guys that are coming that are at your level, you're, you should have been and for all intents and purposes, you should have been 89 at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, so, retired. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I always thought when I, I didn't know you were going to do that. I didn't know you're going to be a tech B. And when I heard that, I was like, so I was like, that is the cool, that's, that's one of the coolest things ever, especially a guy I know, especially I've already served with you and I, you know, we were already friends and we already did all that stuff together. And then you come over and, and you, and you were able to do that and get back to a, a, a senior NCO level. I thought that was really, really awesome, man. It was really commendable that you did that. Nice. That's it's hard. I think it's hard for a guy. I think it's hard to get that level anyway, let alone, like any kind of, you said the culture shock was there. You're already ingrained. Like once you're an E seven in the army, you're yeah. pretty ingrained. That's your mentality, you know, and then having to come and just do a shift in this culture. Um, I think you did it right, man. I think you did a good job. When I got to a squadron, I'm like, there's a first art who's not my idea of a first art <laughs> right. superintendent. And there's an opsu. I was like, that's like, and ASOS is roughly the same. Well, the 14th is fairly big. Like that's roughly the same size as, as an infantry company where they do have a first sergeant doing all those three hats. Yep. Un, yeah. You know, and t- you know, and in charge of 130, 140. So yeah, I didn't understand. Yeah. So I was just frustrated and it was done. Yeah. So yeah, I decided to retire. Um, and my wife um, was working. She's got her career going on now. Like we're back in the Bragg area uh, in Rayford. Um, so she's got a awesome career going on right now. Um, and I'm just, yeah, so I'm just Mr. Mom and going to school. It's, it's nice. pretty good. Yeah. And that's another, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up too, because there's a lot of, uh, guys I talk to that have gotten out and they, um, they are torn because they, they feel like they still have to do something, but I'm, but man, you got another, there's another adult in the house that has goals, has aspirations, maybe has a better job than you ever had or as far as like, you know, making money or stuff. Yeah. And it's sometimes it's time for to, and they have been with you through all this whole time. Sometimes it's, it's a good thing just to step aside and let them shine. And then you kind of like, you know, yeah. take over the more menial tasks, I guess. No, absolutely. Like, and I was offered, like I was offered uh, from old friends and, you know, friends I made along the way, like contracting gigs, like, yeah, you know, you know how they are. They're fair. Sure, sure. I was like, I was, you know, talking with my wife. I'm like, yeah, the money be good. Like, but why don't I just stay in? Cause I'd be gone just as much right. um, working these jobs. Uh, you know, what's the point of me retiring then? Cause <laughs> right. the whole point is for me to stay home. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, so I turned down jobs. Uh, and like I said, like it's not, I turned down it because uh, part of it, my heart just wasn't like, I, I was just done with the military. I didn't want sure. to, you know, I just, so I, you know, I, I told a close friend this too. He was like, Hey man, like I, I, I can't not thank you enough for you even considering me for this job, but like, I don't want to, like, I'm going to go in it half hearted and I don't want to like, I would represent you 
if I were to take this job and if I took this with my heart not in it, like I, I don't want that blemish on you. So it was like, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it was, it was real like growing up moment for me. Sure, um, sure. Yeah. And not only that, but like you have to think about your own happiness too. Like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you get in there and you grind out another what 10 years with this guy, and yeah, you know, you're not doing him any favors, you're not doing yourself yeah. any favors, you're not doing your kids any favors because you're gone all the time again. Yeah. So, like, now you have now you can dig in with both feet and you know, parent these kids the way they yeah. need to be parented. You know, it just it, we all have paths we go down, and we yeah. all know the right path to go. And I think you're, I think you're, you're following the right, the correct path, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah man. It's good. Thanks, man. Yeah. The only thing I would say is like, so I'm in school now. I'm getting, a, um, I'm, I'm in a community college up in Pinehurst, uh, North Carolina. I'm getting a health and fitness science. Um, I'm in health fitness science program. I'll get my associates, associates of that this May. And then they'll help me get my like personal or personal training certificate. So I'll become a personal trainer. And then start working or start um, going to UNC Pembroke in the fall to get my bachelor's in exercise science, like kinesiology or something like that. And nice. hopefully work my way up to getting, become a certified strength coach and start working. Uh, and that's like the end goal. And then a job from there, like uh, uh, I'm working like part of this program. I have to intern like, to get hours, you know? Yeah. And so I'm working on Fort Bragg with a strength coach team. That is just awesome. Actually the lead strength coaches on a 175 guy, oh, um, right on. a bunch of, a bunch of the strength coaches are former military, but not like meathead for me. Like they're, they like, they were in military, but a few of them like have been through, like, I had no idea the trials and tribulations strength coaches have to go through. Like they have to go through uh, like unpaid internship for years. Oh, it's really? crazy. Yeah. So, they, they really opened my eyes um, in a few things and which way I potentially want to go. But ultimately, you know, I'll get my bachelor's in uh, about a year or so, and then uh, we'll take it from there. But ultimately, you know, it's, it, everything is just to supplement what, you know, my wife is doing. Honestly. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, man. See, if you had just uh, conformed to the Air Force, you'd have your associates already. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was yeah. just talking, I, I, a couple of years ago. Uh, I talked to a guy about this, and he was like, "You know what? If I want to go to school, I will, but I don't want to be told you yes. got to go to school." You know that because yeah. I mean, it kind of takes the I don't want to say fun, but it, it like kind of takes the wind out of your sails. You're like, "I I, I got to do this. Yeah. I want I would like you know most people want to go to school because they have a, a goal in mind, not just yeah. because it fills a square. You know what I mean? So and that's all it felt like yeah just a checking a check blocker because there's two kids um at the 14th that came in with bachelors like but they didn't have their ccf so it's like so but, crazy i know <laughs> anyway like looking big picture like what does yeah, this yeah. Actually make sense? Yeah, like so. that should fill that square you know yeah, that should be like, yeah. I, that's it you know yeah so that kind of stuff just the frustrating to no end but uh yeah, yeah. well cool man um Again, I can't. It was so good to see it. I, no, I, I, you were bringing up so you're saying so many things. It's like bringing up some memories from like the back in the day. Yeah. And, uh, and I can't thank you enough for for taking your time to to come on here. It was really cool. No, to, thank uh, you. It's been awesome. It's yeah. great. I truly appreciate it. And uh, like I said, I'm totally humbled. And uh, yeah, that you even uh, thought I'd be worthy oh, to be on here. And be you're honest. like, of course, you're really because number one, you're like. Like I said, like I was saying on previous shows, like I have, I start with my sphere of influence, guys that I know, because it's 
you know, um, and I would like, I definitely, I've been reaching out to guys that I didn't necessarily serve with, but yeah, you were just a no brainer, man. Just because not only did we serve together, but like you were in that unique situation where you transitioned and you had that army experience, you know, and that's, yeah. yeah. And you're just an all around good guy, man. I think, I, I, yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah. and thank you. No, it was good talking to you, man. Yeah, you really catching up. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, brother. All right, brother. All right. I'll see you later. Yep. Bye. Bye.